0: 2000. What's up? Good morning, Angel. Good morning, Charlie. My name is Gladiator. Rosa!
1: They called me Mr. Glass. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. Sir, to side, please, it's emergency official business, ma'am. FBI, you might want to stay out of this, all right, sir? Eight double tall lattes, one with no phone. Special agent
2: Gracie Hart is as tough as nails. She's got a lot of rage. And she's completely unpolished. <laughs> but when the
1: FBI needs an undercover agent, we have ourselves a national emergency. It's the Miss United States pageant. The only man for the job <sighs> is a woman. Let's go, girls. She doesn't look the part. No way on earth that I can make this woman ready in two days. She doesn't want the part. I'm not going to parade around in a swimsuit like some airhead bimbo. But she's about to prove anything is possible. I have gel in my hair. I haven't slept all night. I'm starved and I'm armed. Don't mess with me. I'm fine. Get ready. Guns! Guns! Everybody down! For the new face of the FBI. Of course he had a gun. This is Texas. Everybody has a gun. Miss Congeniality.
2: Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always, Tanner and Nick. Yes. Ooh. Or Nick and Tanner, whichever one you prefer to give top billing. And Tanner's behind the control panel today. Tanner, you're like one of those actors that gets an executive producer credit after so long on a
0: series. Gets a it allows him minor to make role choices. on screen, better producer role, and then you just never see him on screen again. Yeah, we're, we're going to let you keep being a host, but you also have to
2: take over producing for a hot minute. Jesse's in the Bahamas.
3: On vacation. Yeah,
2: you know, if he'll ever come back, well, that's just where I'm saying he is. Um, I have no idea where he's really at, but that sounds that sounds great.
0: We'll give yeah. it to him.
2: I think the Bahamas would suit him well. Get a tan on all those tattoos. Oh, he's not going
0: outside. You
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesse's in the Bahamas on his laptop playing Overwatch. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. He's sitting at the hotel with his stream deck, just playing video games. <laughs> I love it.
3: He's just like, I don't get why everyone talks about the Bahamas so much. The Wi-Fi is shit here.
2: Well, <laughs> if you clicked on this episode, you know that we're taking miscongeniality out of the ripe year of 2000 uh, when Y2K didn't kill us all. And we've brought it Thank up God. to 2021, um, which we barely survived. We were off. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Twenty-one years. <laughs> the Mayans really meant twenty-twelve. They got the backwards though. Yes. <laughs> but hey, we we stuck in the Mayans. We're still here. It's going to be great. We live to see twenty-twenty-two. But miscongeniality, uh, Tanner. You've chosen this film because that's what we do here. We take a movie out of its original release year and we drop it in a new release year, either forwards or backwards in time, and then we give it a cast relevant to that new release year. But before we do we'll talk about miscongeniality and twenty-twenty-one. Uh, the year we all tried to forget. We're going to refresh your memory a little bit, at least in the context of cinema. Let's do a little house cleaning. First of all, follow us on social media. We're present on pretty much all of them, except for TikTok. Also, if you want to invest in the podcast, if you want to financially support us, we also have patreon.com or buymeacoffee.com slash quantum recast. That's a way to um, throw some money at the podcast so we continue to grow, get me, apparently better internet. That's always on the table for some reason. Apparently my internet sucks. Mm-hmm. Everyone else's is just perfect. But whatever. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Just a lot of attacking Corey's internet in the production meetings. Um, That's fine. That's fair. Yep. I'm okay with it. But again, we like to talk about what we've watched this week or in the last couple of weeks. You know, just depending on our schedules. And we like to give you knit or pick. So, Tanner, what you got?
0: I watched so many things, and I don't know which one to talk about. Um, I'll say I went and watched Nope the other day. It was my second movie in theaters for the whole pandemic. The first one was Dune, and then I got COVID for the first time and did not go back (laughs) because I was fucking furious at the movie theaters. (laughs) (laughs) I was very upset and very hurt by them, so it took me a while to get back. Nope was really good. It's definitely uh, definitely a pick. Um, the people I went with were kind of meh about it. It's very interesting. Have you guys seen it? I have. I have not.
3: It's very interesting.
0: I thought it was very intriguing. I thought it was very interesting, but it's not like super actiony not super horror not super thriller it's just very happening okay like stuff is happening and there are interesting bits and interesting moments but there's nothing that is like over the top i guess is what i'll say
3: it's like signs meets jaws but just with like a lot of other stuff thrown in there too yeah
2: okay that that's kind of a good tag. That kind of sells me on it. Nick, that was good. You should write these taglines for.
0: Yeah, I should hire me. So I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I thought everyone did a really good job and the monster was super cool. Wild, crazy. Yeah. I thought Freaky. the monster development was super interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So pick, go watch it. Who's next?
2: I think it's interesting. You talked about not going to the theater because I'm trying to get a premature start on middle-aged I'm <laughs> developing a distaste for teenagers and things like that and i've kind of gotten mm-hmm. to where like i don't want to go to the movie theater anymore because that's where teenagers are yeah this is the closest though i got to going back to a theater for a long time was i almost went and saw this mainly because of it's a it's a it's a jordan peele movie which i'm all about yeah but i didn't know michael wincott was in this as soon as i saw him in one trailer i almost packed my wife up and said we're going to see this now Almost put her
0: in a suitcase, threw her in the car.
2: <laughs> said Michael Wincott the is theater. back, baby. And then um, I but I, I just said, you know what? It'll be streaming in like two weeks. So we're going to we're going to wait.
3: The curse of streaming. Eh, It'll it's be it's got it.
0: It's got its hooks in me. Michael Wincott is actually really good in the movie. Corey. Oh, thank God. Yeah.
2: Oh, You'll really tell, love his character. Tell me we're in a Michael Wincott renaissance, please. All right.
3: Nick, what about you? So uh, I did go to the theater. And I would see bullet train starring Brad Pitt uh, last week. I thought it was a lot of fun and it pretty much was what I was hoping to see and experience when I went to the theater to watch it. A fun action movie, a little over the top, a little bit manga anime influence, but I guess it's based on a graphic novel is what I found out later. But the cast is great, especially Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, like their banter back and forth and their chemistry is just off the charts. And I love Brad Pitt as this accidental hero of sorts. Um, It felt a lot like Smoking Aces on a Train, and so I'm not mad about it. Nick,
2: Nick, killing it with these comparisons. Like, I'm listen.
3: uh, I got the goods. All right,
2: cool. I love it. Um, I feel like the bar's raised. Um, uh, Okay, I haven't seen it. I really want to see it, but my wife despises Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny. Like, despises Bad Bunny.
3: If it makes you feel better, he's only in the movie for a small amount.
2: Okay, good. He's good. F- I'll, I'll Bad to set,
3: Bunny. Good.
2: He is the international Hispanic rapper that's huge. Shows up in wrestling a lot, weirdly.
3: He's Hispanic Drake, Tanner. That's all you need to know. Puerto Rican Drake. Puerto Rican Drake. There we go.
2: And I happen, because of my wife is Latina, I happen to know a ton of uh, Latinos. Um, in they all hate Bad Bunny, so I don't know how he's making money. Um, they all think he's Interesting. the worst thing. Like, they, they like, we don't like this This dude represents our culture at all. Hmm. So, okay, I'll tell her. Bad Bunny is not in the movie a lot. Got it. So, I guess I'll plug the movie I plugged with my last pick um, in choosing Predator. I watched Prey.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. The Hulu nice.
2: Predator movie. I like live texted you guys as I finished it and was like, here's my complaints. But then I mm-hmm. woke up the next day and I was like, it's the best Predator movie of the franchise. Which yeah, you, really, a you really
3: pulled a 180 on us. There yeah, I, went, I went, you were you were ready to stomp this, a mud hole in this last night. And then you were like, it's the best one.
2: I, I, I have gotten to the point where when I don't like a movie right away, I can at least tell when there's feelings bubbling inside that it's like, I'm not like this later. This might this might grow. <laughs> I was like, I think once oh, all yeah. the little nitpicky stuff in me dies. I'm going to see like the brilliance of this movie. And I did, I had to sleep on parade, and I woke up the next day and me and my wife both had the same kind of issues with it. We didn't like that. They didn't just speak a di- like a different language, the whole movie it, it's, and it's very yeah. odd. Like even the native American characters, they almost just speak very modernized English. They don't mm-hmm. even try yeah. to like accent it or like broken. It's just like, hey bro let's go down to the Shake Shack that could come out of their mouth at any moment you wouldn't be shocked Mm. but then like the next day it's like the first thing I said to my wife when we woke up I was like hey Prey was really good I changed my mind and she's like you coward (laughs) (laughs) I was like I I do think it's the best Predator movie Um, it does have it's issues and it's honestly Predators only had like one good movie maybe two debatably in the whole Mm -hmm. franchise so Choose, now this, you get out a third one in. All right. I think cool. we all have picks this week. We're being positive, you know. Bullet train. Yeah, no, having a good week. And pray.
3: Stay in positive.
2: But you know, stay home and stream this stuff. Don't go. Don't go get the movie theaters. Your money, they'll just give you COVID. Ask Tanner.
3: Bastard.
2: Tanner paid for COVID. <laughs> I did. I paid eighteen dollars <laughs> for COVID.
3: Oh wow, That's some expensive COVID.
2: <laughs> paid eighteen dollars for that curly headed Johnny Depp kid and COVID. So good job. Yeah. All right. So. That means we need to talk about this week's movie. Tanner, you've brought us 2000's Miss Congeniality. Honestly, I was shocked when I found out it came out in 2000. I thought it was later. I didn't yeah. realize the movie was this old, um, but it is.
0: Yeah, this movie can
3: legally drink.
2: Yeah, I was a freshman in high school. When Stop this came hurting out. me
3: with this information, guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Directed by Donald Petrie, who um, was uh, talked about on our How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days episode we did with our buddy Christian Taze. We have two Donald Petrie movies on this podcast. That's
1: <laughs> more than I
2: thought we <laughs> would have. <laughs> yeah, so. Unexpected. Good job, Donald Petrie. And written by a lot of people, Mark Lawrence, Katie Ford, Karen Lucas, starring Sandra Bullock, Michael Caine, and Benjamin Bratt. And just the synopsis is pretty much there is a terrorist threat at a beauty pageant in San Antonio, Texas. So the FBI dresses up the very tomboyish Gracie Hart to, um, you know, go be a fish out of water and become a lady. Uh, what do you a pageant lady
3: pageant contestant? Yeah,
2: everyone learns about themselves in the process.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's
2: it's fun So the useless Critic stats For Miss Congeniality Uh, 6.3 out of 10 is the IMDB rating Metascore is 43 out of 100 Rotten Tomatoes a uh, little split here, split between the critics and the audience. It's got the little green rotten splat of only forty-one percent by the critics,
1: hmm. but it's got the little
2: popcorn positive thing, sixty-nine percent for the audience score. Nice. And so, I, I think that's a pretty apt way of looking at this movie. If you're looking for like a good piece of cinema, like maybe maybe you shouldn't go into miscongeniality looking for art, but if you're looking for a good time, it's a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. So guys, we gotta hop over and see what our buddy Roger Ebert thinks about congeniality. What's your guesses, mm-hmm, boys? Mm-hmm. What's your guesses out of four stars? Two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. Man,
3: that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say he's just gonna middle road it. Two yep. two and a half.
2: So you're both two and a half? You're both I'll go two. Uh, oh, Nick pulling it out in the end. Ebert gave it an even two stars, which Ebert just means very middle of the road. That's a that's a 50 percent by his star ranking because he only does the four like a psychopath. Something about Sandra Bullock strikes me the right way. A men Roger Ebert. I think the world feels the same about Sandra Bullock. He pretty much just Mm -hmm. goes on to just say that Sandra Bullock's incredible and she just walked into a not great movie. That's pretty much his entire review is just praising Sandra Bullock, but kind of trashing the film as very, you know, just what it is. Kind of bashes her a little bit and saying like, once you're usually solidified as like this A-list star, this is usually the point of your career where you go searching out things to break the typecasting that's happening to you. And Sandra Mm -hmm. Bullock just seems to seek it out.
3: Well, before this, she was like the action the young action heroine, you know, like I don't even know if she actually. This was like her true dive into I mean, rom com, wasn't she it? She
2: kind of holds a gun most of the movie,
3: though. Yeah, That's... we're easing into the. This is, this is breaking the mold a little bit. She's so having we're fun. Dipping she's, toes in.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: in? Yeah. a it's a small step. It's not like a like immediate departure, but it is like a sidestep.
3: Because, I mean, in 2000, yeah, she does Miss Congeniality. Before that, it's 28 Days, Gunshot, Forces of Nature. She was a voice in Prince of Egypt. Practical Magic. So she's done some rom-com stuff. Not quite rom-com, but romantic movies, I would say. While You Were Sleeping. Hope Floats. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Demolition.
2: Hope Floats. I get that one confused with the other one. Like, 28 Days or something. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Roger Ebert, I hate it when he doesn't, like, give a movie. Like, if I, if it's two stars or below, I want to see where he trashes it. But he doesn't really trash it. He does his normal thing where he just kind of starts giving you the plot. Kind of spoils the plot. Good, good. Oh, I wonder how many people in 2000 went to his review because they just really trust him. And then, like, when they went in the movie, they're like, oh, I'm not supposed to know who the bad guy is. Oh, <laughs> I do know. Thank you roger ebert
3: spoilers
2: and i do really enjoy the very last paragraph of his review though i think this is top tier this might be the best paragraph we've come across so far in ebert okay this congeniality is harmless fun of a silly sort it isn't bad so much as it lacks any ambition to be more than it so obviously is that's a perfect line for this movie. I smiled during it and enjoyed Bullock. But then again, I got to see it for free. And I'm the guy who thinks Speed 2 Cruise Control is a good movie. Something that not even <laughs> Sandra Bullock believes. I was like, all right.
0: Incredible. That's a good. Yeah, that's good.
2: I think that last paragraph really did say, this is why I didn't get two stars. This movie is couldn't be more paint by numbers. And it's pretty and much. All actually, it wanted. Hey, Bullock is charming and that's enough. And so I, I did enjoy that. Good job, Ebert. I love it. So, Tanner, as I so often wonder, why are we?
0: Of course. <laughs> why are we doing Miss You know, it's a good question, Corey. You're asking the right questions. Honestly, I don't know. Because, like, it was one of those things. I knew that I wanted to do more of a comedy. I wanted to get more away from our big action like summer. summer. Yeah, our big action summer. And it was a movie that I think a lot of people really enjoy, but like it's not really given a lot of time of day. And then as I was looking into it, I was like, this is a fun movie that I'd be interested to see, A, how it holds up and how it would be affected by 2021. You didn't give me a good answer at all for making me. No. <laughs> you texted. Okay, you can't it, do that. You it, texted no. us and said, This is a delightful movie. I. Well, I, am I don't know that I. Did I use the word this. delightful? Did I? I'm 90% I, sure you did. I, I
3: don't know. I, well, I either way, seats, I will I say
2: this, Tanner. I'm not mad I watched this. Like, I have been in the past. With That's movies. what I'm saying. Like, I didn't come out of this like Highlander where I'm like, Wow, I will never <laughs> get that 98 minutes back. Here's the thing. I think Ebert nailed his review with this movie, which, you know, for better, or for worse, doesn't try to be something it's not. It's very like, yeah, they got someone wrote a script coming fresh out of a script class, script writing class and just said, I'm hitting the beats, you know? And so I and my thing is, is I learned what a lot of memes came from from this movie. I. Absolutely did not know the this is the you think I'm good, just you want I didn't know that this is where that song came from. I've heard people do that. Uh the mm. the spring light jacket meme, like she's picks a favorite date. Uh, yeah, yeah, people yeah. post that every like whatever day that she says. And like yeah, I yeah. I never knew what movie is from. I'm just like, this is like that other mean girls thing, or I'd do the breakfast club. Today yeah. I did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre date thing. So I was like I was like, hey, I learned where one of those came from watching this last night that was fun
3: we learned something today guys one of the best
0: moments of the movie for sure
3: is the light sweater
0: thing
2: yeah it's it's great and i will say that this movie though is it actually had some lines that were just perfectly delivered michael Mm cain saying you will not have sex on this stage i literally spit out (laughs) what i was drinking like, I was like mid swing <laughs> of a Topo Chico, and that line is so well delivered, possibly ad libbed. And I was just like, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. This movie, it's fun. I recommend this movie if you've never seen it. I I went 22 years without seeing it, so it's good. Quote from Corey's mouth delightful. Okay, yeah. I apparently <laughs> called it as delightful. Nick, do you have any large opinions about Miss It's
3: fun. Same to be. Good times, yeah. No, I I, I think it is. I think it's just a fun little 2000s movie that some people have lost the time, but memes have kind of helped keep alive to a degree. And it's, it's... I think it was one that my mom rented one time and we watched and it was like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. I had a good time. Next. Mm-hmm.
2: And that is very fitting of 2000, like that era of film where a lot of movies were really paint by number. And this is just very dated to that. And so, yeah, it's just, you got to go in expecting that. All right, that brings us to, we have questions. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Um, Question number one. Is this a prequel to Demolition Man? I like to think so. Someone has to explain to me what that means. Uh, First of all, Demolition Man, uh, Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock are both cops in the future. And so I just, as soon as I saw them both on screen at FBI office, I was like, Dude, maybe this is like goes down right before all the events of Demolition Man.
3: I should probably watch Demolition Man.
2: You should absolutely watch Demolition Man.
3: It's probably going to be one of Corey's choices in the future.
2: Yeah, now you're you're forcing my hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I expected it.
2: No, it's just delightful. They both play cops. Um, Of course, Benjamin Bratt. Demolition Man's a lot nerdier and not such a dick as he is (laughs) in this. In this movie, which brings us to the next question: Um, Should Gracie have gotten with? Benjamin Bratt's character, uh, what was his name? Agent Andrews. Eric, Eric Matthews. Matthews. Agent Eric Matthews.
0: At the end, no. The answer to that is absolutely it's, not. It's
3: a definite no. Dude, dude, literally has no interest. He's a he's a womanizer, and he has no interest in his partner until she suddenly gets like the full until makeover. She's
0: hot. <laughs> that's
3: until his she's whole hot. Character yeah, development. That's he's the... like,
0: oh, dang, she's hot, and she somehow is like totally cool with it. And she's like, oh, you love me. And I'm like, no. He literally, in like one scene, there's like 15 HR violations between the two of them. (laughs) And like, they're all Benjamin Bratt. And I'm like, oh my God, this dude is an absolute monster. And then by the end, she's like, oh, I like this guy. And I'm like, why? Why would we ever, ever be into this man? I mean, She was a tomboy, so maybe she's sexually aggressive. okay, I I have an issue with that. Okay, all right. A, you can't say she's sexually aggressive, because they absolutely do not state that in the movie, and there's no reason (laughs) to believe that, other than Michael Caine's one line about her having sex on the stage. (laughs) Two, I I almost have an issue with the the word tomboy, because they paint her less of a tomboy, more of a slob it's not like well i think in the
2: grade school thing they nail the tomboy thing because she's just fighting boys but then yeah adult they kind of just say oh being manly is just being gross and so yeah i get what you're saying
0: yeah it's very like i don't know normative in the sense that like if you are not a beauty pageant contestant you're ugly yeah that is it that's how this goes and so it's definitely like I won't even give it to them that they're trying to play it as just like a tomboy or what have you, a less feminine female. Yeah. But like I, I don't even give that to them. It's just, they play her specifically to be slobbish and ugly.
1: No, I
2: agree. i multiple times throughout this movie said these two better not end up together at the end. I know that we're kind of in this rom-com, but I was like, no mm-hmm. way, no way. Are we, I was like, it's too late in the movie. We've seen, no character of development in Benjamin Bratt. We haven't gotten some backstory of why he's like this womanizing dick that maybe we can sympathize and maybe we'll grow up. No, it's just like... Uh, yeah. No. He's In one scene, he like slaps her ass three times while they're in the FBI yeah. HQ. And you're like, what is happening?
0: Like, someone report this. He slaps Michael Caine's ass at one point on a private plane. He, and I'm he, like, you can't He kind of do does.
2: That. Yeah, he, he really does. And so I... Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole, I was a little disappointed at the end. And the bad thing is, is the the scene at the end when the movie's over and it's wrapping up and it's like, oh my gosh, they're going to have to make them get together somehow. His line is, mm-hmm. hey, when we get back, you want to maybe go to dinner? And she's like, like a date. And he's like, Whoa, well, if we have sex afterwards. I mean, it's like, that's your line? <laughs> you haven't changed at all. <laughs> You're still a dick. All right. How does the FBI feel about this film? I'm just going to assume they're not fans of, of this. Really? Yeah.
3: I mean, I it makes the FBI look really stupid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it makes them look really bad.
3: Really sexist, really stupid. <laughs> really. Homophobic.
1: Homophobic. <laughs> Like pretty
3: well. Awful. This this person over here in another state. Uh, what we, we, we it seems that they're the killer. So we're just going to avoid this whole threat to this pageant and just leave. At That's the also 11th true. Hour. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing. I think now the FBI, looking back on it now, you're correct. I think the FBI in 2000 they had this on posters in their <laughs> office. Like I think they fucking loved this movie in 2000. Some poor girl like, we're in gonna the FBI. Get so many fucking recruits from this movie
3: some poor girl in the fbi is like bit was dubbed sandy b or gracie Hart, and just never got oh, to live absolutely. that tag down
0: absolutely
2: so yeah you're I saying think they loved it you're saying this was on a lot of fbi office walls maybe like in the same way legally blonde posters might have been in the early 2000s
0: office law like you know like really embraced yeah. it maybe 20 years later yeah. we're like mm, maybe not maybe not yeah i definitely think they had a movie night in the office at some point to watch
3: this. What Tanner is saying, Corey, is that it's not outside the possibility of reality that we're going to get a Miss Congeniality musical.
0: Well, we sh- somebody should be working on that. I didn't say that, but that is true. There you go. Um, how
2: do pageant shows feel about this film? I'm just going to assume pageant shows, they kind of own what they are. Like, Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're They're involved a in pageant.
3: Competition, Corey.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that pageants and people associated with them just kind of just own up to like, hey, we're either like we completely know that we're manipulating and taking advantage of young people or Mm -hmm. full of probably unvetted pedophiles, you know, depending on what age group we're working with. So like. The whole pageant system should probably come down. Like I'm I'm surprised it still exists in twenty twenty two to be honest. I mean yeah. when
3: Victoria's Secret doesn't even have their fashion show as much on TV anymore, like that should that should be a sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe we shouldn't do it to eight-year-olds. Right. So yeah. yeah. Definitely. I went to when I was in uh maybe middle school, I don't remember how old I was. But like I was dating a girl who was in the Miss Preteen Oklahoma pageant. Yeah. And like I went to, like, one of these pageants, and, like, it was bonkers. It was so weird to me to, like, go to these to these things. The atmosphere is just so weird and, like, doesn't feel real. Everyone there is just so, I guess how you're saying, like, just so invested. Yeah. Just, like, this can't be a reality that people exist in
3: i totally forgot that i actually was a judge for a miss Ratan like several years ago
0: Ratan.
3: <laughs> yeah where the hell Rattan, is Rattan? Oklahoma. it's <laughs> east of here like two hours wow i got connected through someone i knew from college she was on the dance team a guy from the dance team got sick had build out and she, for some reason i was the next guy on her list to call so I drove out two hours to Rattan, Oklahoma to judge this like high school pageant. And I just had to I don't like, like that for you, Nick. I I was just like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm just going to put f- filmmaker, uh, writer, blah, make myself sound like I belong for some reason. And then just and then I was sitting there going like, am I judging? Should I judge harshly? Like, I don't know how to feel about this. And then I look over. And my friend is just like writing furiously on her like page. I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> we're going in on these people. OK.
0: Well, I couldn't if someone asked me to judge one of those, I'd be like, well, the sad part was that
3: the fun part was that it felt very much like a Coen Brothers film because it was like in one of those small old half cylinder basketball arenas and they built like a runway and everything with lights and the the Mm -hmm. host was like this very round man with glasses. But you could easily tell that the girl that had won the previous year was like leagues above all the other girls that had won and they wouldn't allow her to compete. Cause I think she had won like twice in a row or something. It was a so wild started, time. That, we got to kill yes, your reign. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Fair enough. Okay. So Nick has a checkered past in the pageant world. Mm-hmm. Sorry it's true. If we've offended you at all, Nick, and you guys have learned wouldn't.
3: something about me today. So there you
2: go. Uh, okay. Here's a good Tanner question. This has his written all over it. Is this or die hard better? Copaganda. Tanner's one of the only people I know that used the term copaganda.
3: Well, no, Die Hard Nick? makes John McClane look good. Oh. This congeniality makes cops look stupid. So, well,
0: see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes and no. I definitely think there are moments where it makes them look stupid, but at the same time, it's in this like lighthearted comedy sense where it's okay. like, oh, they're having fun. FBI agents have fun. FBI agents are funny and kooky. You know what I mean? I think it doesn't really go in on them actually being really dumb. I think it tries to play more to, even though I don't think it does a great job, I think it tries to play more to the bad guys are being really smart. And like the FBI agents are just kooky, funny guys. You know what I mean?
3: The real question I have is like, are you saying like that, that it's the type of movie that just has the reaction of making people go like i want to be a cop this seems like fun versus like Mm -hmm. there's a sub level of this movie that was made with the intention of like yeah this is gonna make cops look good
0: yes i think both are true
3: because i think
0: the same thing with men in black right it's like both copaganda films both very much supposed to be like hey cops are the good guys cops are the like funny interesting like They have a fun job,
3: except I don't go walk out of Men in Black and go, I want to be a cop. I want to sit there and go like, I want to I want to see if there's actually aliens hanging out around everywhere. You know, I mean,
2: I didn't come out of Die Hard saying I want to be a cop either. It didn't look fun.
3: Right. Corey wanted to be Hans Gruber when he walked out of Die Hard. That's true.
2: I came out saying like, I should become a
0: terrorist. Sorry. A thief. (laughs) Absolutely. A thief. Pretending to be a terrorist, an exceptional thief.
2: Okay, no, that mm-hmm. that that's fair. I tried to look up to see if there was any like stats on like if there was an increase in female FBI agents around two thousand. I couldn't find the numbers though, because that would have just been amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would have all of a sudden you
2: just see it shoot up, and it's like Sandy B. Um, okay, <laughs> let's see here. Last questions. Uh, do you think being dubbed miscongeniality is a real compliment? I don't know i feel like it's like that thing in high school where you're like most nice
0: most friendly most talented it's like yeah yeah i mean i think because what it's supposed to be that she miscongeniality is just she's the nicest one there like she's yeah the it's spirit like she's of the, the favorite that's the it's, thing it, right? i think
3: it's always seen as like the one with the most personality or something
0: yeah i mean i don't think it's not a compliment
3: i mean it's not a compliment but oftentimes i feel like it's like well you weren't good enough to win the main title and you weren't good enough to get like second or third place or something normally like i know she gets second place basically she, in this she did but normally it's, it's put aside for like this but we really liked you so we want to give you yeah. something so
0: i mean i think a lot of times in competitions you're gonna just hate the fact that you don't get you know first or second or whatever so literally anything else is gonna feel like a slap in the face right yeah but i think it's a compliment I'll I'll let them have, we like this person, we would just want to recognize them. I'll give that to them.
2: I mean, I guess. I don't know. Again, it's like, really, does it matter, like, five years after this pageant, who got anything, I guess? Sure. I mean, absolutely. Because it's yep. like, in high school, even if you got most popular or most athletic, it's like, or most, it's like, cool. That's like another word of saying, like, you peaked now at 18. Yeah. Like, it's all over now. Like, this is... You, you, you oh, yeah. peaked too soon, bro. And so, but I guess if you were most friendly, that may, that probably followed you in life. That was probably nice. So, yeah, okay, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll give it, we'll give it. All right, last question. What changes about miscongeniality Congeniality bringing it to 2021? Aside from
0: the FBI's technology. Aside from the technology, there's an actual HR department. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> I mean, it changes a lot. I feel like there's a lot of just like subtle, especially like sexuality, like office workplace, like misogyny in this film that like really does not carry over. So, what to is any it? Degree.
2: Well, like, what is it when uh, like gender roles, like the the mm-hmm. a, what's the word you put betf- between that when you're like forcing it on male female, like I guess forced gender roles. This movie's very much all that. Like, girls,
0: yeah, yeah. pretty, guys, like assigned.
2: douchey womanizers, and, like, you know, and then gay guys, and, like, it's, like, everyone's, like, fit yeah. in your stereotypical lane. In 2021, no, nah, dude, we're all over the map. We're, that's, that's mm-hmm. mm, weird. Uh-uh. Miss Texas is trans in 2021, and, like, we're rooting <laughs> for her to win in 2021. Right. And we're not even, like, there's not even a sub arc that's, like, is she allowed in here? We're, like, nope, 2021, this is, she's in we're all about it.
0: I mean, you say Miss Texas, but even Gracie Hart, you know, like yeah. anyone in this film. Definitely I think it would be a really interesting conversation in like 2021 to have like a trans person in that role just because I think that really speaks to an interesting conversation about like normative gender stereotypes and gender roles and like normative. what it means that's, to that's be the word
2: that's that nor- That's the word I was looking for, yeah.
0: Like, what it means to be, like, masculine-feminine. I think it's an interesting conversation.
2: I think it's definitely, like, in the writing room. Or, like, I think all that stuff's in yeah. play in 2021. Like, uh, like you can definitely explore more avenues in 2021 in Hollywood. Absolutely. With this kind of script. But, yeah, no, like, the whole camera in the book, that's going to look a lot sleeker. That was... Oh, my God. Whew. <laughs> that camera. <laughs> she had like a freaking iPod Pro like in her like cut out in the book. <laughs> it was like, oh. so good. Yeah, that was that was rough. So, yeah, and I, I agree. I think Benjamin Bratt's probably fired like 10 minutes into this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm just I'm just going to say it in 2021. Everyone can get their own Starbucks. I don't know what was wrong with everyone else's car in this movie. That one person was into Starbucks.
0: Like no one else drove to work that day. Yeah, in New York, I mean, they're not even. No one's even going in for that. They're Ubering that shit. Yeah, in no, like, yeah, in twenty twenty one,
2: it's just yeah, they're yeah, that that's that's coming in.
0: Well then, uh, Nick, do you know uh,
2: you have any opinions on how this changes?
3: I think we've covered it pretty okay. good. Okay, yeah. all, right, all right, we're good. <laughs> all right,
2: well, guys, that means it is time to hop in the old time machine here. Um, you know, put on our this. Have we ever established? Is it canon? Does our time machine have seatbelts, or did we build this in a garage?
3: I think they're optional. I feel like I feel like I'd wear a seatbelt, and you might wear a seatbelt, but I feel like Tanner wouldn't wear the seatbelt.
0: We've not established the canon. You're in a spot now where you are establishing the canon, so you have to decide if it's seatbelt. If there are, I want to give this. I
3: would I would like there to be a seatbelt option at least. Who knows what's going to happen?
2: I think we're looking at it as. Whatever it is, Tanner, you're being reckless. That's the canon. I don't know why I'm the reckless one.
3: I think you just, you set your drink on the time machine, you you know, it, just little things mm-hmm. like that. That's how
2: we end up, like, uh, in the year, like, one million, where the crab people are just in charge, because you spilt your big gulp on the controls.
0: Well, all I'm saying is no other human on the planet will ever see that so you're welcome silver linings.
2: i like i like tanner silver linings he was eaten
0: by a dinosaur He's <laughs> like few people have ever had this experience
2: hey well we are i mean really we could just walk we're going back to
3: 2021 2021
1: sure you're ready for that mr whitney Father, son, and host. of Jacob is Dom's brother. Had some neat trick. That sense of yours. You have arrived.
2: Nick, you need to tell us about the year that was.
3: A year ago. Yeah. Okay. So 2021, let's start with breaking down the box office Which I believe the last time we were here We hadn't finished the year So we're getting some final reactions mm. to 2021 yeah, yeah. for the first time So at number 10, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife Number 9, we have A Quiet Place Part 2 Number 8 is No Time to Die Number 7 is Sing To And then number 6, The Eternals Number five, F9, The Fast Saga. Number four, Black Widow. Number three, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Number two, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And at number one, Spider-Man, No Way Home. The top four are Marvel-established movies. Not One of them is a Sony picture, but... Marvel. Only the Fast yeah. Saga of the top six are non Marvel movies.
2: Mickey Mouse is counting that money. He literally has a Scrooge McDuck like money room that he swims in and just.
1: <laughs> 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 you
2: know, and just bathes in it.
3: Mickey, you can't bathe in that stuff. You know who touches Shut money? Shut up.
0: Shut up, Goofy. You don't <laughs> fucking know me. This is my house. Get the fuck
3: out you never now. talk to you Donald this shit. way.
0: I'll buy another friend. You can buy better friends than you, Goofy, you piece of shit. Wow. That's him. That's pretty rough because I always assumed Goofy. Money changes a, a mouse, you know?
3: Well, we're going to go next to one place that Mickey Mouse will never get close to. And that's the Oscars. Hey, <laughs> suck it, Mickey Mouse. Uh, so put on your bow ties, your bolo ties, your shoes or non-shoes if you're trying to make a statement. So for supporting actress, we get Ariana DeBoss from West Side Story. Just disappointed you didn't say grande. I just thought I missed something. That's true. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> for supporting actor, we have Troy... Kotzer for Coda. Mm. For Best Actress, we get Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And Best Actor after Slapping Chris Rock is Will Smith for King Richard. Note, he didn't get it for Slapping Chris Rock. He got it for the movie he was in. But anyway, the Best Picture Countdown, we have West Side Story, Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Dune, Drive My Car, Don't Look Up, Belfast, and the eventual winner, Coda. Thoughts, prayers, concerns?
0: Coda was good. I really liked Coda. I haven't watched it yet. You definitely should. You guys have Apple TV+, Plus? check it out. I just
2: remember watching the Oscars. I was, like, texting you guys the whole time, and I remember texting you guys, holy crap, Will Smith just punched Chris Rock yeah and it's like i think it's real i think it's real it's real awkward
0: it was wild
3: (laughs) all right so beyond that the only twin film scenario we have is friend of the world in 2021 or 2020 and don't look up in 2021 both are science fiction (laughs) comedy satire films influenced by dr strangelove twilight zone involving an apocalyptic event which could have been avoided if not for a corrupt official of the United States.
2: Just the truth. Culturally
0: relevant.
3: But other than that, guys, uh, do you have some favorite movies from 2021?
0: There were a lot of good movies this year. I feel like some maybe out of left field that I really liked. And you guys made fun of me. I think last time I brought it up was Voyagers.
3: Oh, the one where they're flying to space in the sex orgy got yeah like
2: colin farrell was encouraging all those kids to have sex with each other right that's not
3: what he was encouraging
0: he was their dad essentially he was being their good good father that chaos walking was this year which was good also i mean you gotta give it up for kristen stewart oh yeah, yeah yeah she killed it playing princess diana yeah gotta give it up to her oh I don't know.
1: I
2: mean, like, I feel like I've talked about a lot of the movies I saw this year. Like, I know I bashed old not that long ago.
3: You did. Mm-hmm. You did. Give uh, gave it a nice thrashing. And then The
2: Guilty, where Jake Gyllenhaal's on the phone for an hour and a half. I know I talked about that on here one time. Yes. Candyman, I know I've praised. The Harder They Fall, I know I've praised. So, I'll just say this. I have a watch list for 2021, and mainly it consists of Tick Tick Boom. I still have not sat down and watched
0: Dude, um, tick, tick, so goo. good!
2: And I really want to watch Cyr- Cyrano,
0: like De Berger.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, De Bergerac, Cyrano De Bergerac. Huh. It looks really good, and so I need to
0: watch that. What about yeah. you, Nick?
3: For me, uh I think just notable ones. I thought the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one, was better than most people are giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. uh Demon Slayer Mugen Train, I thought was mm-hmm. pretty good. Pretty good anime. Shout out to Jesse. The two favorites of mine were, and this is probably where you guys will say like, oh, Nick's pushing up his pretentious glasses. But I really enjoyed The Green Knight (laughs) and the movie I watched last night, which was uh, Last Night in Soho.
0: The Green Knight was really good. No, I haven't 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 seen seen Soho.
3: Being that it was 2021, I felt like a lot of those movies like Green Knight and Soho like fell, went under the radar because we were still in that weird nebulous of like uh we're not going to release it in theaters or we are but no one's going to the movie theater so it's not going to get talked about or seen as much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you had said French Dispatch I would have fucking pushed your glasses up for you but <laughs> You know
2: I haven't watched that one yet. I really hate it sometimes when you guys bring up anime when y'all say the title first and I think that yeah. movie sounds awesome and then you say it's an anime and I'm like damn it. <laughs> Don't like
0: anime <laughs> both things can be right i mean both no can i'm not be saying that. i'm just
2: saying anime is not my cup of tea i don't really enjoy it or get into it and but I, and it's great that you mm. guys do but anime all has really cool names like all of them have great names yeah and then it's like oh and then it's like oh yeah. it's something i really would enjoy okay cool i don't i don't want to watch <laughs> demon slayer or whatever it was anyways <laughs> so i just want y'all to know that every time y'all say an anime name before referencing it i like get really excited and then y'all kill it really fast just know that's happening every time y'all do that
0: (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry for you
2: so that is 2021 still some movies to see some movies we love all right tanner that means it's time for junk drawer trivia
0: Mm -hmm. so junk drawer trivia there's some stuff in here from let's say imdb There's 53 items of trivia here. Only a few of them are like actually really interesting. And I'll give you the interesting ones. I also want to do what I pitched in an earlier episode. Just a fuck you segment. Because there's so many (laughs) goddamn awful quote unquote trivias in here. That like in one way or another. I just want to verbally every time I read them go fuck you. (laughs) So we're going to do that. And please, both of you, if I read these and you feel the inclination as well, you listeners, if you get that inkling, just fucking scream it at your steering wheel or whatever. Just get in this with us. So I'm going to start by saying this one was actually interesting, but at the same time, like fucking aggravating. (laughs) So, the movie's theme song for the Miss United States pageant was written by screenwriter Mark Lawrence and his seven-year-old son, (laughs) Clyde Lawrence. What? Wait for it. Mark wrote the lyrics, and the seven-year-old son, Clyde Lawrence, wrote the music. Like, fuck you, seven-year-old. Like, fuck you.
3: I don't understand how... How that was allowed to happen.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, fuck you guys. This is absolute ridiculousness. Come on. That's pretty wild. <laughs> That's pretty wild. This one I actually did find interesting just because it's a Oklahoma reference. Oh, okay. The very first Miss Congeniality was in 1941. Miss Oklahoma, a Pawnee Native American, Mifwani Miffy Shonatona. I'm sure I. Butchered that. I'm sorry, I couldn't find a pronunciation online. That's still kind of cool, though.
3: We did it, Oklahoma.
0: Now, let's get into some of the real big fuck yous of this thing.
2: <laughs> For our audience, that means trivia things that Tanner just finds tedious and stupid.
0: And not hardly trivia. I'll say this one just says multiple of the crew members had cameos. Like, fuck <laughs> you, dude. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>
3: That'd be like me putting (laughs) Nick Grohl had a cameo in the movie. I literally just helped film or something. Like it's it's like so dumb.
0: I'm gonna make sure Tanner adds that to that film's trivia. I will. (laughs) I will do that. So here's one: the newscast on KSAT12 that shows Gracie diving off the stage is a real television station. Oh,
3: I mean, was was kind of. Sometimes uh, it's not real. Was
2: the reporter a real lady, like news lady? We don't know. That's the oh. end of it, Corey. <laughs> that's it. That's all of the fun fact. It's just, that's an actual
0: television station. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Give us literally nothing else. Okay, Oh my gosh, fine. that's hilarious. And then the ones that I absolutely hate, because it's like, why is this fun fact? How did, this means nothing to the movie. It's just, anytime time they do like, I don't know, I might be calling you out on this because you did this earlier. Oh no. It's just like, Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt appeared in another movie together, Demolition Man. And I'm like, yes, actors act with each other in other movies. Well, they, I don't know why this is super interesting Well, they to could us. have at least said they both played cops. Like, that would have at least, you yeah. know, that, that's all
2: I found interesting. It, I think I think the,
3: one that's, the ones that annoy me more are when it's like, the people, yes, were in the same movie, but they never shared a scene or anything together in said movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just don't I just don't understand why that's important to us to know.
2: Let me throw one at you, Tanner. Let me see how you feel about this one. Because I'm on it right now, reading it. Okay. Uh, this is a trivia fact. After the morning briefing, Gracie and Captain
0: walk past a picture of Gracie's mom on the wall. Oh my god, this one. Oh my god, <laughs> fuck you already. I know the one you're talking about. Fuck you. No, that's it. That's all it is. That's the whole trivia thing. Wait.
3: That's it.
2: Is the, that's it the whole literally thing. Literally, just says Gracie and Captain walk past a picture of Gracie's mom on the wall.
0: Yeah, fuck you. Who cares? <laughs> it's a photo in the background. What are you talking about? Wow. Exactly. I don't
3: understand how that's a fact. It's like it's exactly. called it's called art department. It's called sec decoration.
2: Wow. Yeah. Some some of these are really bad. Well, here's what here's one that pisses me off. Edward Herman had a cameo role playing Gracie's father but a scene was cut. So this movie could have been better. We could have got some Mm -hmm. Edward
0: Herman in there and they cut him. Uh, Oh, that just pisses me off. There's one somewhere in here that talks about like Gracie and her mom had like a scene at the beginning of the movie originally, which totally changed Gracie's whole character. Because it was like, it was her and her mom. Her mom was an LA cop. Or an FBI agent, sorry, who died, I think, of cancer. And so that's her entire reason for being an FBI agent is to like make her mom proud. Uh And I'm like, that is a much more heartwarming character backstory than anything we got in this film. Wow.
2: Okay. Interesting. Uh, Tanner, how do you feel about these? When it tells you how the movie translates into other, like, there's like five of these. Like, the Hungarian title of this movie is Undercover Beauty, German, Miss Undercover, Hebrew, What an Officer.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I think those can be fun sometimes, because sometimes they can be just randomly wild. And you're like, why did they choose that? Well, What
0: an Officer, that's kind of randomly wild. Okay, all right. And this one... I don't know. I'm sure some people will find this interesting. I legitimately, I think Nick might find this interesting, but it's not something that I give a shit about. But it's literally like like, how he's taking shots at us while he's doing.
3: this. I know, right? Nick might like this, but I don't give a shit about it.
0: Well, it's just stuff that, again, makes me feel like someone is going like, push up my fucking glasses and go, did you fucking recognize this? I'm like, Why would, no, why? why, No, of course I didn't. Why would I? It's like, (laughs) as Frank Tobin prepares for the uh, explosive crown in the prop room, the Queen of the Night aria is being sung on stage. In Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's The Magic Flute, the Queen of the Night demands that her daughter kill someone for her.
2: You know who that, I guarantee you, that was that seven-year-old Clyde Lawrence, like, doing all that. Yes, He was probably, Fuck hey, you, dad, Clyde. dad, you should use this song because in Wolfgang Amadeus <laughs> Mozart's the magic flute, and his dad's like just taking notes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let me end on this one. Yes. Because this one baffles me. Someone took the time to write this to make sure that we really needed to know this. Yes. Just so you know, on IMDb, it tells you how many out of people who've looked at it found it good. This one scores 17 out of 124 found this interesting. So over 100 people think this is just not necessary. Victor, played by Michael Caine, makes a sarcastic remark (laughs) about Grace having an armored car in her dress when she hands over all of her weapons. Sir Michael Caine played Alfred in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Trilogy, where he provided support to Bruce Wayne, who drives an armored car.
0: Yeah, fuck you. Who cares? Five
2: years later. Like, it's not like they were paying homage to the future.
3: Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's so dumb.
2: (laughs) Now, if you put this in the Batman Begins trivia, (laughs) maybe it makes sense a little i mean Maybe. it still pisses us off but even then yeah, it still pisses yeah, us like off bad then. but it the fact that it's here someone retroactively came back and said oh that that line that's important to cinema <laughs> we need to six degrees degrees of kevin bacon the dark knight trilogy right quick so <laughs> wow okay that's baffling sweet okay yeah Tanner, I get why you're mad.
0: It's every time it I read these. A, I get those. I don't know. It seemed like
2: Miss Cugenia <laughs> was rages. a little more loaded with bullshit than normal.
0: Yeah, there's one in there that just says like an extra kind of sort of looked like Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I saw
1: that.
0: So the director jokingly referred to him as Jesse Ventura it however was not jesse ventura and i'm like
2: <laughs> just so you know the ball yeah the ball judge with the mustache was not indeed jesse ventura just so we all know
0: oh my gosh anyway that's my segment fuck you we're gonna move on now all right guys
2: it is time to cast Miscongeniality in 2021 we've gone back to 2000 we've kidnapped it out of That really awkward time in pop culture, we brought it into a slightly more stable 2021. We kind of know what we're doing now. We found our pop culture footing. So let's give this congeniality a fresh 2021 coat of paint of new actors. Tanner, you chose this film for your really invalid reasons. You just felt like it. Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) just, Some people just want to watch the world burn. Speaking of Michael Caine also being in the Dark Knight. Um, So you chose this film, which means you're the director, which means that Nick and I have prepared cast list with 2021 cast for Miss Congeniality. And so we will pitch you our cast list and you will choose whichever one you like. However, Nick and I, for any first time listeners, we are bound by rules. Rule number one, anyone we cast in 2021's Miss Congeniality. Has to be alive. They must be living and breathing in 2021. Rule number two: Anyone we cast in Miscongeniality 2021 has to be free. They cannot be incarcerated or in prison or anything of the sort. They got to be able to show up to set. Rule number three: uh, Anyone we cast in Miscongeniality 2021 must be actively acting, Uh, which should be pretty easy. We're only a year late. I don't know if any breakout 2022 actors myself um but we Mm. define that as they have to have at least one acting credit in 2021 or prior to and then last but not least Mm -hmm. rule number four any actor nick and i toss it tanner and tanner chooses loses all their major film credits for the year of 2021. We can't just go flying in all willy-nilly. We got to be tactful. But then again, Tanner is our resident guy who likes to just burn things down. So he's a little more dangerous, folks, when Tanner's in the director's seat.
0: That's true. He's
2: literally tried to murder Fight Club in the past.
0: Would have gotten away with it, too. (laughs)
2: Would have gotten away with it. And so... Tanner, since you're the director, we're going to give you some control over this, which we give you one power-up, which is called the old switcheroo, which can be used retroactively at any point. Like, if at the end you decide you want to switch two actors in their respective roles, feel free. It's kind of the polish-it-up thing. And sometimes it's a good way to avoid tragedy towards the end. It's been a get-it-out-jail-free card a couple times. And then we give you the big one, the override, which essentially... During any casting, it has to happen during the casting in question. You can tell me and Nick to go take a hike and you can input your own person. However, you're still bound by the Mm -hmm. rules. That's what it is. Um, So, Tanner, I am handing you the reins. You're now in charge. You're directing Miss Congeniality 2021.
3: Congrats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, first up. We're going to do our 30 seconds or less round. And we're going to go pretty quick fire through here. I'm going to read off the names that we have. A lot of these are like the other contestants that we see in the film. And then a couple extras. So starting from the bottom, we're going to go with Chief McDonald, played by Ernie Hudson. Agent Klonsky, played by John DiResta. Elena, who is Miss Hawaii, played by Asia DeMarcos. Uh, Leslie, Miss California. Played by Wendy Raquel Robinson, Mary Jo, Miss Texas, Deidre Quinn, and Karen, Miss New York, Melissa D'Souza. Those are our 30 seconds or less cast. Let's start with Corey. So we're going to start with Chief McDonald in three, two, one. Corey. John C. McGinley.
3: Chris Ludacris Bridges.
0: John C. McGinley. <laughs> Damn, John C. McGinley. Okay, Agent Klonsky. Corey. Blake Anderson of Workaholics.
3: Bill Burr of F.S. for Family.
0: Ooh, Bill Burr. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to Miss Hawaii, Elena. Corey. Uh, Haley Steinfeld.
3: Auli'i Cravalho of Moana.
0: Okay, Haley. I don't know who either of these people are. Uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld.
3: One's Hawkeye. Yeah. Transformers yeah. Bumblebee. Edge of 13. I, I mean, I gave you 16, like a real noticeable 17?
2: name. Um, True who, Grit? She does yeah. have some.
3: I'm naming all the Haley yeah. Steinfelds.
2: <laughs> and I looked it up. She has some Pacific Islander like in her.
0: I did not go full Moana, though. Sure. Uh, Haley Stein- <laughs> Steinfeld. Who? Haley Steinfeld? Steinfeld? Haley Steinfeld.
2: Sure. Okay. Her.
3: Thanks. <laughs> Tanner acts like he's never.
0: Tanner's like mad at us.
3: <laughs> yeah. I literally it's...
0: have no fucking clue who you're talking about.
3: <laughs> How was this okay. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm not. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> We're going to do Leslie, Miss California. Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Samara Weaving of Ready or Not.
0: Samara Weaving,
3: I think, would be fun here.
0: Mary Joe, Miss Texas. Corey.
3: Taylor Swift. Kiki Palmer.
0: Oh. Damn, that's good.
2: Um We've peaked at Miss Texas.
3: Yeah, you peaked
2: at <laughs> Texas.
0: Uh Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer.
1: Woo!
2: Right, so we don't care about the soundtrack. Fine, that's great.
0: <laughs> Actually, fuck, that's a good point. Um, all right. We're <laughs> going Karen, Miss New York. Corey. Jenna Ortega, uh, the new Wednesday Adams,
3: Mm-mm-mm. Joey King.
0: Let's go Joey King. Yay! Yeah. Great. That was an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> I don't like doing the 30 seconds or less. That was a that train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. It was not good for me. Sorry, guys. Well, let's just get right the fuck out of 30 seconds or less, pretend like it didn't happen, and move right up into miss congeniality see i'm already upset i should have gone taylor swift it was bad we had
2: we had (laughs) olivia rodrigo and taylor swift in this movie this soundtrack could have pushed some serious units just streaming all over the place yeah and instead it's it's fine it's whatever no it's cool it's cool i'm an
0: idiot all right we're gonna move on to frank tobin ohio ohio washington nice apples
1: original you come up with that all by yourself
0: no uh, new jersey welcome frank tobin originally played by steve monroe he's kathy morningside's son goes by a different name so as not to be seen with her in any right. way like that yes he's also the bomber spoilers spoilers thank you he's a terrible, terrible Man, <laughs> he is disgusting. Every time he, you see him with one of the contestants, he's like telling them that they've got nice apples, telling them that like they've got a nice ass or like trying to get with them. He's like <laughs> incredibly disgusting and mm-hmm. also a terrible person. True. Most bombers tend to be bad people. Yes, sure. So Nick, why don't you give me your Frank Tobin?
3: My Frank Tobin. All right. All the things you've mentioned, a gross, disgusting human being that turns out to be a killer. So I'm going to give you someone that plays generally gross, disgusting human beings that could potentially be a killer. Pretty straightforward here. He's kind of known for playing these types of characters. He's trying to get outside the box of being a quote unquote fat guy in movies. But I'm going to give you Paul Walter Hauser. Mm -hmm. Audience members may have seen him in Itanya. He was the dude that was in the Clint Eastwood movie that came out a couple of years ago about like a shooter in a in a situation. Richard Jewell. Yeah, Richard a Jewell. Bomber,
0: actually, yeah, bomber. Actually,
3: <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of yeah I'm giving you like a straightforward choice, but he fits the bill.
0: Yeah, I mean I can see it. I love Paul Walter Hauser. Um, he's also a big wrestling fan. Oh, nice! Great in. Black Klansman, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai. He's in Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. is in that. Tanner, have you uh, watched? He's also in. Have you watched his Apple Plus? TV yes, 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 <laughs> yes. I have, and it's very good. What is it? <laughs> Blackbird on Apple TV. Plus. Okay. it's him and Taron Egerton.
3: Oh, okay. as, like, oh, that, that's right. Oh, you, you watched that? Okay, <laughs> of course he, I did. It's so he good. gets a
0: check from Apple to
2: plug all this Apple Plus stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm going to
0: pitch myself to them. <laughs> so, Corey,
2: who's your friend? Topin? Okay. So here's the problem. You didn't ask Nick Uh-oh. what all the things uh, Paul Walter Hauser was in in 2021. Uh, he's in Cruella and he's a lot of fun. Okay. I, I don't really care about Queen Pins with Vince Vaughn. Um, I know that that's mm, yeah, weirdly yeah. some people thought that. But he's in a movie called Silk Road which is about the guy that created the online Amazon of drug dealing on the dark net, which is surprisingly Mm -hmm. this really good indie film. And so I just feel like Nick's not being (laughs) upfront about how much cool stuff he's pulling the very on the nose. So I know Paul Walter Hauser.
3: I know he's in Cruella. Cruella is, is, is 70% of a decent movie in the middle. All the bullshit (laughs) happens in the beginning and in the end. In the middle, in the second act, w- the fun and games part, it's great. But the b- ends is all this just Disney trying to make everything like, oh, everything's tied together and everyone's related to everyone, and the dogs killed her mother, and like, blah 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 blah, and you're like, this is so stupid.
2: So, can yeah. I say my pick now? No, I mean,
3: uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, now you can. Thank you. I chose Thank Paul Walter Hauser
2: too.
0: <laughs> Did you really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's great, cause you I would have s- picked him anyway. It, it wouldn't really no, have mattered who <laughs> else you said Corey. That, oh like wow. I love him.
3: Now Corey just feels him. challenged.
2: Yeah, now I'm just gonna go Google some <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted. Um no, no, no. That's fine. No, I, I first of all, Paul Walter Hauser's this actor who's in this weird place where he is Petty is mm-hmm. the fat guy, but his talent as an actor is just
0: is incredible.
2: Stupid ridiculous. Like, he is just leagues yeah. ahead of so many people. And so, like, I kind of cringe sometimes when I see him in Cobra Kai. And he's, like, kind of embracing that stereotype a lot. Yeah. And, like, you want... And you really hope he gets more Richard Jewell, more, like, Blackbird type of type of roles. Um, but I think in this particular role, he would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd do really He'd well, really
2: yeah. play up the whole Mama's Boy thing that's, like, that I feel mm-hmm. kind of got lost a little bit in this role.
0: Yeah. I like that it's definitely, like you are saying, it's not a, like, fat guy role or a big guy role. It's, like, you are the guy, which it kind of almost leans a little bit in towards, like, Black Klansman, where he's just kind of, like, a little slobby, a little, like, just kind of grotesque. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, not because he's big or, like, slobby. It's just, like, he's just, ugh. You just, like, don't want to be around him. And, like, he plays a good villain, He does. He really does. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big fan of that. Big fan. Paul Walter Hauser up on the board. Yes. I hope we just get the same role. I I hope we just black out right now. I hope hope so. (laughs) Okay. We're moving on from Frank Tobin to Stan Fields.
3: Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the Miss United States pageant preliminary here at the beautiful and historical alamo prepare for what promises to be a day of astounding musical theatrical and dancing talent and after i'm finished you can see the ladies (laughs) oh yes
0: originally played by william shatner i mean it's william shatner you you can't beat him he's the like (laughs) MC of the miss united states pageant. He's not a heavy character in the movie. He's just like there to kind of play the foil and the aloof guy who just is the face of Miss United States.
3: Yeah. Former star kind of past his prime. He's on his way out kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And he's just a comic relief a little bit in here as just William Shatner having fun as William Shatner does. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Nick, give us your Stan Fields.
3: Okay, so quick question. Does he fit the cameo rule or is he in this too much? I think he's in it too much. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's So you just need someone that's charismatic, is memorable to audiences, recognizable mm-hmm. to an extent, that's going to come and bring a little bit of lighthearted energy, but also someone that you're like, oh, they're aging a bit here. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think this person is necessarily would you look at them and go, oh, they're aging, even though they're in their 70s now, which is shocking, they are full of charisma and have just, in the last several years experienced the renaissance of their own. I'm going to give you Michael Keaton right here. I think he could have a lot of fun playing a, a oh, TV okay. host of sorts, you know, just kind of rocking it. The problem is that Shatner is such Shatner that you're not going mm-hmm. to replicate Shatner. You just have to find something else. And so I think that you tell Michael Keaton, like be a TV show host or something. He's just going to be like, he's going to lean into his comedicness and really nail it.
0: That's fair yeah i can see it i definitely was not expecting him here when
3: nick
2: said it i thought no but then you go beetlejuice without makeup right he says it'd be yeah. like yeah, exactly he, he could be that host
3: mm-hmm. guy
2: it'd be a lot yeah. of fun yeah. i think if i was directing that would kind of that would tickle my fancy quite a lot but
0: yeah i get it i get it yeah what about you cory
2: all right so first name i wrote down but i'm not gonna go with it because i had an inspiration while you were getting water earlier, Tanner. But I was originally going to pitch you Neil Patrick Harris. I was like, this just seems very mm-hmm. Neil Patrick I mean, Harris-y. mean, that makes sense, yeah. It just, it just feels like he plays this part, you know? He's a yeah, recognizable yeah, yeah. name, you know? He would have a lot of fun with it. He, he, he can do a lot with a little. But instead, I'm going to bring you a guy who, like Shatner at the time, more famous for something he did 30 years prior to this, but he's still a name. So I'm, I'm going to bring a guy that's, he's had his moment, Maybe he's never fully grasped it back, but Mm -hmm. it's a name. I'm going to bring you Polly Shore as the host of (laughs) Miss United States.
0: (laughs) Polly Shore coming out. Damn. Wow. What a left field. Oh my God. Still
2: carrying Polly Shore in my back pocket.
3: Never in the history of Quantum Recast did I think Michael Keaton would go up against (laughs) Polly Shore for a role.
0: No, here,
2: you'd yeah, never here, see it coming. And here we are. And any casting director in Hollywood would love the chance
0: right now to have Michael Keaton <laughs> and Pauly
3: Short both just sitting
0: outside the door, eyeing each other. Right. <laughs> Damn, okay, that's fun. You know, the guy that I thought would be really good here, but unfortunately he died the year before, would be Regis Philbin.
3: Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah that'd be, that good. be good. Yeah,
0: That's who I was really hoping originally when I started thinking about it but uh unfortunate damn Poly Shore or Michael Keaton I mean Poly Shore's not doing anything what's his absolutely not and if he is it
2: doesn't matter I promise you I follow him on Instagram yeah. he has like a cover band he does with a band of 70 year olds that's all he's really doing
0: oh my god it's Poly
2: Shore and the Krusties <laughs> That he's sounds a movie
0: called, exactly what Paul Shore would be doing. Yeah, he's doing an indie movie called How It Ends, but I don't really know yeah, his we, thing in here. All, we,
2: can pull, we, don't, we don't need him. We don't need him in How It Ends. We need him in Miss Congeniality. I mean, I kind of want to give it to Polly
0: Shore. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of want you to give it to Polly Shore. So, I, mean, I mean, Michael Keaton would be fun here, but also, like, I think you get a huge pop when Polly Shore comes on screen and like anyone who knows Polly Shore like obviously you know younger kids won't fucking fully understand who this man is but like Polly Shore it yeah Polly Shore makes sense here it's <laughs> got to be Polly
3: Shore justice
0: <laughs> justice for Polly
3: oh my gosh Woo.
0: yeah it it'd be so fun
2: oh Polly, i did it i found you a role buddy and now we get a band for the <laughs> soundtrack oh absolutely the crusties are the band at the alamo it's yeah the oh my gosh. yeah how's his singing voice
0: is uh, it oh it's horrible it's terrible great good 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 that makes that final moment with him singing over all of the chaos that's happening at the end so much better! Oh my god, uh, so good. Miss Texas, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank
2: you. Uh, this is great. Oh, I wish this movie existed now. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, we're gonna walk away from Polly Shore. I don't care if Nick wins else...
2: every other role tonight. I am happy. This is
0: that was solid. That was way unexpected and just what this movie needs. I think that's great. But we are going to walk away from Pauly Shore. Congratulations. But we got to move on. We're going to walk down to Eric Matthews.
3: Listen, I was thinking, um, you know, when we get back to the city, after we ratify reports Hmm? and you get all ugly again, I don't know,
1: maybe we could have dinner, you know? What? You like asking me on a date? No.
0: (laughs) Just a casual dinner. Huh? If we happen to have sex afterwards, so be it. Played by Benjamin Bratt. He is terrible. Like there's, not, like, there's not a man in this movie that you can say isn't terrible. I mean, I'll give, I'll, give Michael you I'll give you Michael Caine and William Shatner. I'll give you the two of them. And, like, William Shatner kind of toes the line a couple of times. Like, I'll give you Michael Caine. Every other man in this film is not good. Is, like, just a not good person. But he is, I guess, like, the lead of this team. He is somehow, in some way, the love interest to our Gracie (laughs) Hart. The character Um, makes no damn sense. Let's just be honest. Yeah, the character, like, legitimately, what should have been a question in our questions round is, do we even need Eric Matthews? Like, if you just don't have him, like, nothing really changes about this movie.
3: So here, here's the question I have for you. Right. So we 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 talked about what changes about this movie in 2021. Do we give a rewrite to this where it's like he's, do we go, okay, yes, he's still the terrible person. But in the end, our Gracie Hart is going to reject him because he's a terrible person. Or do we just change the whole fact that he's kind of terrible and to, or give him an arc where he's more acceptable <sighs> at the end as a partner? Or third option, we just remove the entire romance thing and he's just her partner in the field.
0: That's what I was going to go with. I was just going to go with just, you don't even need the romance. Yeah. You could, and I think dependent on who the Gracie Hart is, I think it could be interesting. Yeah. But... I don't think it's needed. Like, the love thing isn't needed in this. You take what a few good men pulled off with Tom
2: Cruise and Demi Moore. Like, they're chemistry, but it's as partners and equals, and
0: they're never going to kiss. You know?
3: Perfectly platonic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's fine. And you could still have a lot of, like, the jokes and stuff. Like, when he comes to check on her in her hotel room, and they're like, well, so-and-so had somebody in there. and, And she could still make those jokes, and it's still just her making jokes at his expense knowing that they're listening yeah
2: here's what gets here here's what would honestly in my opinion really come to the surface in 2021 that is actually in the 2000 version i think but unfortunately they don't really make it a plot point which is okay. he gets put on the lead of this assignment mm-hmm. underqualified like she in that scene says oh you want to you're going to want to contact san antonio and he's like an idiot he's like oh uh, yeah you know like he's just like oh mm-hmm. yeah i'm still thinking he's it's that whole thing where He's an idiot, but he got given the job because he's a man and she's yeah, yeah, a woman. Yeah. So she wasn't. Re- so I feel like that's what's coming forward. So I still kind of cast it that way. Like I still casted a guy who could play assholes that doesn't respect yeah. her because
0: she's a woman in a man like centric field type of thing. Again, any of those options are on the table. So like that still tracks here and you can play with that. Yeah. yeah. So let's just go ahead and cast our Eric Corey. You made it. Oh. So you take it. Who is your Eric Matthews? Oh, I have three options here. I was counting on
2: Nick going first. So, who would Tanner like the most? I got it. I got it, I got it. I got one that jumps out as Tanner-esque. I'm going to bring you a free agent. All he's doing this year is TV. He's playing a mm-hmm. pro wrestler in the TV series Heels. I'm bringing you Steven Amell. Oh, I whoa. believe Can absolutely play a dickish FBI agent who, in the end, maybe we're like he—he comes to respect our Gracie Hart as an agent.
0: Yeah, Arrow himself. Yeah, leaving vigilanteism, becoming a cop.
2: Have you seen Heels? No. Oh, he's a real prick in Heels. So, like, that's which streaming service is that on? It's a Star's original, so you have to like. I was
0: just going to say it's going to be like Showtime or Stars. That's
3: disappointing.
2: Um, I know I hack into my mom's dish network account to stream it.
0: (laughs) I mean, the Amels, both of them have like, I I forget that you're a fan
2: of the other Amel that you've tried to cram him into the show before. That's right. Robbie Amel. (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: The more lovable puppy dog of the Amels.
2: No, but I'm bringing you the asshole. That's who we need here. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I totally see it. Even if you just watch like Arrow, you get. Totally, like, I'm bigger and better than anyone. Like, this is my scene because I'm here, dickhead energy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: to to me, Stephen Amell is like the new Chris O'Donnell. Is that who played Robin? Mm. He's like the new yeah, Chris yeah, O'Donnell. Kind of like yeah. he's too cocky for his own good.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just really cocky, and I can see that. And he does have comedic stuff in a couple of these things. He's got the opportunities um, I totally see it. I totally get it. He
2: can handle himself in a pro wrestling ring. I mean, dude, he's got it all. Yeah,
0: he can handle handle himself in that wrestling scene, which is where he does assault Gracie Hart multiple times. It's where he does get <laughs> fired in our version. Yes, he does get fired there. Nick, who is your Eric Matthews?
3: So I'm not bringing you the other ML brother. Cousin. Cousin, brother, uncle. <laughs> but I'm going to bring you somebody else that I think you've brought up before that you like. And I think nice. has played a villain before, so I think mm-hmm. we could lead into that tendency a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that concerns me is can he do an American accent? So I'm just gonna toss him your way. So how do you feel about Henry Golding? Mm, yeah. Last last scene <sighs> in the gentleman. Might have to watch. Nobody went to watch him in Snake Eyes. I did watch The Gentleman finally, Tanner. In retrospect, I get what you were going for. It's interesting
2: you bring that up, because I thought when you said accent, I thought you were going to say Charlie Hunnam.
3: He was on my list, actually. He he was third on my list.
2: Because he plays a scumbag in Sons of Anarchy, and he's supposed to be
0: the hero. Well,
3: in the reverse opinion of that, I think Henry Golding (laughs) could make us like Eric Matthews a little bit more.
0: It's interesting, because I think Henry Golding has shown us both sides, yeah. So that like with Crazy Rich Asians mm-hmm. and The Gentleman, he's also done like rom-coms like Last Christmas mm-hmm. and stuff. He's got both of these. If you want to go the romance thing, he's got the romance thing. If you want to go like more actiony, he's got Snake Eyes. If you want to go more prick energy, he's got The Gentleman yeah. and I think. That really makes sense. But yeah, can he does. handle
2: himself in a wrestling ring? Can he like? <laughs> can he do a Karana if you just
0: ask him to right quick? Here's my, thing. I think. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go Henry Golding. I think that's the better play here because I think while Stephen Amell and him both have this like asshole attitude that they can play, yeah. Henry Golding has this entire different thing of smarminess that is like. I'm of a higher stature than you yeah. when he plays that. And I think that can kind of work there. If we're doing the like, oh, I'm a guy and I'm better than you. I'm a good looking guy and I'm better Why than you. Why haven't
2: you seen Heels? Can we pause only and I watch Heels? i this
0: random stars <laughs> thing. If only, if only, the woodpecker sigh.
3: Cody oh. Rhodes and CM Punk are in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. I guess <laughs> we're gonna go with Henry Golding that's a good good, solid pick Nick of course I guess
2: other than I mean even Charlie Hunnam's better than that I guess well it's cool it's, it's cool. not it's cool. but
0: that's it's okay. cool. no it's cool Polly Shore's in this movie it's fine yeah remember your promise Corey you can't get mad at anything else okay we're moving on to Cheryl Miss Rhode Island herself
3: describe your, your perfect, perfect date. date that's a tough one <laughs> I'd have to say April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a
1: light jacket. Right, now there is a hardened criminal.
0: Originally played by Heather Burns. She is seen as the more airhead, cliche, stereotypical pageant queen. Um, So we see her being the girl who misunderstands the question of, like, what is your ideal first date? And she gives you a literal day in the calendar, like May 23rd or May 27th or something. So, like, we see her be this ditzy airhead. But she's very sweet. She essentially becomes Gracie's, like, best friend in the group. Mm -hmm. They get really close. And at one point or another, they do think that she is possibly the bomber and playing dumb. Yeah. But she's just very lively. She's very fun. She really just kind of lights up a scene whenever she's on. She has really, really, like, excitable energy. Yeah. She's very fun. I think some people would kind of question why she's higher in this list than Benjamin Bratt, who is, or Eric, who is yeah, the, uh, love interest. I think it's because I think she actually plays a, bigger a role. more integral role yeah. than he does. No, mm-hmm. I agree. So, Nick, you took it? Or you made it? Go ahead and Got take it. it. I need Nick to go
3: first. <laughs> so, I'm going to pull somebody that's been on TV uh, as a young child actress. It is just the last several years has kind of entered into more uh, grown up roles, I guess. Technically, mm-hmm. she's been on a Netflix show the past several years. Uh, I'm just going to give you Kiernan Shipka. People know her probably if you're a Netflix people, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She plays Sabrina Spellman mm. in that version. Yeah. Uh, she was a child actress on Mad Men. Uh, this year she's just making a cameo episode in Riverdale because I guess they're co- connecting those worlds, and then she uh, does a voiceover for a movie called Treat. So she's kind of free, free for free for work here. I think she can play that very likable energy, very very sweet kind of girl next door kind of vibes, but at the same yeah. time, could play the ditzy, but not to come off completely like Brittany Murphy to where you're sitting there going okay, I really don't think she did it. I don't think she's smart enough to pull all this off. So there's a leaving a little bit of doubt there to go. She could pull this off maybe. And then, so then the moment when she says the line about the date, it's just a complete shutdown and she's completely panicked. Like I screwed Mm -hmm. up so bad. Yeah. And then the fun, you know, they're at the bar drinking and she's just never really drank that much before and just passes out is really funny. I think.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. Like you said, Sabrina, uh I forgot how many seasons there are. If there's three or Three four. or four.
3: Yeah, I think we're on four now.
0: I, I watched the first two.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to catch up. She's really enjoyable in that show and she really sells it.
0: Yeah. And I was gonna say, after watching that, I get what you're yeah. seeing. Mm-hmm. Like I think even in Sabrina, season one, she does play like kind of air heady.
1: Yeah, a little
2: bit in
0: parts mm-hmm. and I can see the correlation there. Yeah. Um Corey. Alright, so playing this one a little different. I'm thinking. Nice.
2: Put my 2021 wins on, and I said, "All right, I think this is a character where we can we can grow a little bit." But I think
1: mm-hmm.
2: I wanted Cheryl to be in the same way that, like, I think Cheryl in the 2000 version, they're, they're playing on the stereotype of this airheaded pageant, but she's still kind of like mm-hmm. the sore thumb, like maybe she doesn't belong type of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the others. So I said, "All right, like." In 2021, I'm going to bring aesthetically a non-traditional pageant like person, Mm. you know, someone who's not going to feel like they belong uh, aesthetically, but it's like Mm. this actress she just you're going to fall in love with. You're going to root for her. You're going to be pumped at the end when she wins type of thing, blah, 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 proves all the haters wrong. We'll probably add some mean girl crap in there because, you know, they're going to pick on her a little bit, which I think would just tighten the bond with her and our Gracie Hart who's going to take up for her, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. because she's battling her own crap at the Bureau. You know, she can't even work out with getting her ass slapped. So, I'm bringing you Jonah Hill's sister, Beanie Feldstein. Oh! Who, this year, she is in a movie called The Humans that I have not seen
0: Humans.
2: I think it was like a Showtime original movie.
3: Audiences will recognize her in Booksmart, Lady Bird, (laughs) And Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising.
2: She just played Monica Lewinsky in the latest season of American Crime Story.
3: Oh, okay.
0: Yes. Interesting. Okay, both of these are really good. They are just two vastly different directions. So I kind of have to decide how I want Cheryl to be played.
2: Yeah, I feel like we made it easy for you. Just
0: choose your path. Choose your avenue, if you will.
3: Just know, like in any Telltale game, Corey and I will remember this choice you make.
0: The thing is, there's a lot of like gymnastics, I guess you have to do, because obviously in the pageant game, there's obviously, like you were saying, going to be a, I guess, like superficial standard that people want to like adhere to. Yeah. Yeah. So generally, I would say like in a standard situation, you wouldn't see, like you were saying, somebody like. Beanie Feldstein Mm -hmm. having one miss Rhode Island competitions. Right. But the thing that I have talked about with people over and over is like, there's this interesting thing with films in situations like this, where people just want to stick to the rules that our reality has set. Okay. And you don't have to adhere to those, right? Like when it comes to film. So like, even though you could say, because all of these pageants for the most part are going to be tall, hot, like slender women, right? That's going to be, is who's going to be the winners of those. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually really cool to have Beanie Feldstein in this role because you wouldn't see that as someone who would win one of these pageants. And I think that's actually kind of really important to show that like you can do that like that's it doesn't have to be the you know blonde bombshell Mm -hmm. to win like a miss state pageant or whatever so yeah i'm gonna go beanie feldstein
2: Tanner was having this very deep progressive conversation in his own head. He was. And I was more like Beanie Feldstein could also be a good red herring for a bomber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the dark version of Miss Congeniality. No,
2: I mean that, that, that was a lot of my thinking though, but being like, let's expand a little bit, like, like flesh out maybe the character a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. where he this other arc almost happening where she really feels like she doesn't belong and all that stuff. And I, I, I thought it was yeah. kind of,
0: yeah, I, I think that's a really cool and interesting way to go. I think that's very cool, very 2021. All right, all right, nice. We're in our top nice. three now. We're moving on to Victor Melling.
1: Now, how long have you been doing this peasant training thing?
0: I'm sorry. What What was the question? I was distracted by the half masticated cow rolling around in your wide open trap. Did you know that I was once the most sought-after, highly-paid consultant in pageant
1: history? I had no idea.
0: Originally played by Michael Kane. Victor is the, I guess, defunct, like, out-of-work stylist. He's the best stylist in the game, as he likes to say. He hasn't worked in a long time. Uh, I forget the exact reason, but he pissed someone off, and they didn't bring him back for anything. So he's doing essentially what the story sets up is an impossible job to make her pretty enough to win this pageant and coach her through all of this. And he's essentially just like the audience's inroad to the pageant system, Mm -hmm. right? Like he does a lot of the plot explaining on like how the pageant stuff works, like what is important. Why these moments are important to the pageant and to the character? Um, so he's that, and obviously Michael Caine, like you're saying, crushes this role. He does. <laughs> this is awesome. It's just very fun. He's very like whip smart, very funny, lovable coach, essentially.
3: Yeah.
0: That's oh, it. No. So Corey, you made it. Why Crap. don't you take this one?
2: Ooh. I'm liking some of my wins, but at the same time, I'm kind of going first on some of these roles. I needed Nick to go first. I had f- I have four people for this one that was like, I had a contingency plan for every possible route Nick could have taken. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's it, it's how creative do I want to be? How on the nose do I want to be? And then do I want to get selfish? I I just knocked Polly Shore and Beanie Felstein off my resolution actor you list. You
3: did. You did. I've oh, wow. hit
2: two for one, and I got a third guy here. Do want Michael burned.
3: Jordan is not going to be a good Victor Melling. Let's just get that. <laughs> okay, out. okay,
2: yeah, no, that's no, fine. It's fine. But I gotta.
3: Ugh. Very true.
2: I got another. I'm not okay. No, I'm. I'm cutting that dude. I'm taking John Stamos out. He's not in. That was. That was gonna be. That was just being greedy. I was gonna try and <laughs> knock him out. Okay. All right. I'm just. I'm gonna get creative. It's. I'm. I'm not even going the traditional route here. I'm bringing a guy who I wish I could see play more fun stuff like
1: this. Okay. Okay.
2: That's that's mainly my thing. I'm just selfishly pitching this because I would love to see this actor get to do more really fun character type of stuff. I'm bringing you who is a straight actor, but I think could play a very fun 2021 gay man who is in the pageant scene and play it very, you know, like we wouldn't stare which honestly though I will say this movie was great with Michael Caine's character that they didn't make him like st- like this caricature this like mm-hmm. flamboyant like character of a stereotype. Yeah. He was just he's a homosexual guy like and that's just it yeah was end of
0: sentence. It's like he mm-hmm. he's a stylist yeah. who happens to be a homosexual man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so um I'm going to bring you George Clooney who I think <laughs> would nail this i get it and it's i get it it's all selfish i just want to see george clooney have fun just one time (laughs) just one time not be not be the leading guy not being like my husband whose wife like cheated on him and left him or died or you know the 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 suave (laughs) heist guy i just wanted to see him have fun making gracie hart into pageant worthy contestant yeah i think he's got that comedic chops it's a very dry comedic chop though unlike mm-hmm. Michael Caine who's very theater and mm-hmm. stuff I think George Clooney could pull it off I think he could nail those lines too like you were not having sex on the stage you know yeah and it,
0: and it still hit all right that's it I'm, I'm throwing you Clooney I mean it'd be fun I totally get the energy that you're kind of putting I'm glad you're at here. least kind of seeing it I'm,
2: no, I'm glad I you at totally least sort of see, see it okay okay yeah I didn't totally want to bring in my two on the nose I didn't want to bring my two on the nose guys. I'm not going to say them in case Nick is bringing one of them.
3: Okay. Nick, who do you got? Yeah, I think Corey's right. He he may have guessed some of mine because I'm looking at mine and I'm sitting there going, is it two on the nose? Because it's, it's kind of in the same vein as Michael Caine. It's like these more thespian actors mm. that you weren't expecting maybe to see in a role like this initially, but you could totally see them pulling it off. The problem is that some of them are in movies this year, and I didn't see them, so I don't really know how big of a role they have to play in them. It's okay. I'll just have some fun with this. I'm going to give you a free agent who has really only been known throughout his entire career for one role and one role only. But I think that he could pull off this role and have a lot of fun with it. He absolutely And you could see shades in it with the role he's played in the past. So, Tanner, I'm going to present to you C3PO himself anthony daniels
2: okay not who i was th- never mind one, <laughs> one thing in that game i was thinking yeah, of Jean-Luc was, picard
3: so... oh <laughs> so.
1: that
3: could have worked too yeah okay i just think like he could throw throw a little bit of that shade that c3po has a little bit and put it in there and he and that proper primness that's that he brings in that character and just let him kind of bring it out here like this yeah, is not I the way you, you do this is not the way you do uh pageantry and stuff and he's like well you're not gonna have sex on the stage and stuff and everything he's like so
2: i'm just yeah. trying to think of it i i have so little context of him away from c3po but that's the thing he, that's I, the he's only thing done it he literally yeah. has just
3: rode that out the end his entire career
2: oh my gosh he look at this you're so not wrong right i mean he's done a little bit of other stuff here and there but, but nothing yeah, nothing that he's... comes
3: of note at all he, he found his niche and just wrote it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, "I just have to have one role the rest of my life. I can just do this."
2: But I mean, even if you take just C-3PO and just make him a human, it, I like I still see like yeah, that, yeah. that very proper mm-hmm. theatrical, you know, presentation mm-hmm. of uh, of that kind of more Michael Caine style of acting. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just really difficult. I feel like just because I've never seen him outside of a costume. And actually acting, yeah. I don't know how the man does himself. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how he does actual character acting. Mm-hmm.
2: See, if Nick had gone first, I would have totally taken the shot with Stamos.
3: Yeah, we trying to say that I have a bad, I have a bad pick, Corey.
2: I'm just saying you have a real risky pick, and I I it's think a Stamos a real risky pick stood a shot here. <laughs> um, so, ugh.
0: damn. Because I get it, but also like. I don't know if, like, I trust him. You have to really, you have to stretch
2: your imagination. Yeah, I think that's
0: the thing, is, like, you just really have to stretch into a place that, like, you don't know him. And so it's like, okay, I can trust him as, like, C-3PO, because obviously, but, like, I don't know if I trust him
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to do these, like, comedic bits. Mm -hmm. And he's got a couple really good, like, dramatic moments in here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if camera moving in on him and he's got like water in his eyes, like having a moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have ever well, thought of that from Anthony Daniels. Can he walk normally or is it always <laughs> right, like exactly, a robot? Exactly. Has, it's literally has, literally has he that? gone this <laughs> far? I don't even know how he <laughs> moves. Like, so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about that, Nick, is like I love the shot. I love kind of going left field and like finding that in C3PO. But like it just sucks. That, We've like, never
3: seen him do anything other than be a robot. Right.
0: I think it's just difficult to pitch yeah. that if you've literally see, never seen his face on camera.
3: Yeah, that's the full court shot in the dark because it's like you, right. see, you see him outside of it in interviews and stuff. And you're like, oh, this is he's such a like enjoyable human being and stuff. And you're like, you wish that he had kind of had a career that have more variety to it. And yeah. so this was that last shot maybe to be like, hey, here's a great role for you right here, buddy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go George Clooney here because like i i have an idea for gracie Hart.
3: he's saving that override he doesn't trust and us kind <laughs> of saving
0: it i almost want to use it here because i also think there's a good pivot here to Ooh. gender bend this role if you wanted oh, and like mm. this could also be a woman and be great you know what i mean that, i mean
3: because yeah because because they've been in the it, yeah it's not it's not a role that requires you to be it doesn't re- truly lean on the character being homosexual or being a man. It's, exactly. It's there. Yeah. No, it just,
0: does. I love that it does that. Yeah. Yeah. But I am going to go George Clooney because I just don't want to override yet. I mean, he's going to have a lot of. He fun. He is. And I, I'd
2: still like to keep the character as a homosexual character because I think George Clooney has like a ton of fun because he's mm-hmm. such a famous womanizer to then just step into those shoes, you know? Mm -hmm. But then again, like, Nick brings up a good point. The character doesn't lean on it at all. It's almost only there for the homophobic moments with Benjamin Bratt's character, 100%. You -hmm. know? Like, it's almost the only reason we needed Michael Caine to be gay is so that, like, oh, Benjamin Bratt can be uncomfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. like, around him.
0: It's almost set up to just show you how bad of a person Eric Matthews yeah
2: exactly it's just
0: more problematic stuff
2: with Eric Matthews
0: (laughs) so that's actually a good point yeah and like even if you just take a little bit of oh brother where art thou energy yeah and throw him in there that would make sense or like men who stare at goats energy Yeah. yeah throw that in there that totally tracks for him Oh,
2: he's got he's a lot of fun
0: yeah next we're moving on to our top two we're moving into Kathy Morningside
2: But what about all of these other letters from terrorist groups threatening us? Uh, Women's Liberation
1: Front, Islamic Jihad. They're not so nuts about the swimsuit competition. I mean, any one of these groups could have planted a bomb. When did we get those? Well, I just finished writing them, Frank. Just like the Citizen Letter. (laughs) You're a genius. No, Frank. I'm just pissed off. Nobody fires me and gets away with it. The network wants a newer, hotter show. They're going to get it.
0: Originally played by Candace Bergen, she is in charge of this whole Miss United States pageant. She was an old contestant who she didn't win, right? When she was a competitor, she got like runner up, I well, think. Well,
2: I think she, and then, but she like food poisoned the yeah. other person, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. something about she somehow poisoned the other person. Mm. They got sick, and I think they had to drop out.
0: Yes, she technically won, and there's a rumor that she yeah. won cheated. because she cheated. Um, and she's been recently fired from the job, which is why she is taking on this role as the bomber, trying to pin it on another bomber that is happening at the time. She's just trying to like be a copycat and get away with it that way. She's, like we said, the mother of Frank Tobin, and throughout the movie she does have this like prickliness she turns up her nose at gracie and everyone else yeah that's kathy morningside so Corey, you made it give us your kathy morningside
2: all right i just wrote one name down here okay candace bergen she's like tv royalty Mm -hmm. she's like murphy brown forever and that's just Kind of what I always think of her as. Mm. And so I was like, who else is mostly TV? I, I mainly went to TV here. Okay. I was like, let's go to TV, pluck them in, throw them in movies. Because candace Bergen, she she shines on TV, but she's always done great when you throw her in the, the, the few times she gets thrown in the film. Yeah. The first name I did write down though was Dolly Parton, but I don't think she can play a heel. Hmm. I don't think you can heel turn Dolly Parton. She's too lovable. She's too amazing. She is really lovable. She's, like, one of the most genuinely great human beings on the planet. So yeah. it's just like, nope, not doing it. I just think I would be rooting for her. You'd definitely be like, yeah, they fucking deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> well, all all the her. heads off of all the pageant winners. Yeah. Yeah. And then put that crown on Dolly Parton and let her sing and That's how then roll credits. This is the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm bringing you someone who's done quite a bit in television. Uh, might know her as Peggy Bundy from Married with Children. Mm. Or as... Jim Teller from Sons of Anarchy that I've been going through. I'm bringing you Katie Sigal. Yeah. Who very much can play a villain and often plays a villain. She even has a horror movie that just came out in 2022 called Torn Hearts where she plays a country singer who is a villain. Um so it's She's got the chops for this.
3: Also the villain of the Disney Channel original movie <laughs> House Mom, whatever it's called.
2: Yes, 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 House Mom. She was the Whatever
0: that was. movie's called.
2: She was also the
0: voice of Leela in Futurama. Yes, yes,
2: probably yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's she's very much done a lot of TV,
0: but the few times she gets to step into movies, I think she's got a lot of lot of range and she's great. I love her. I totally get it. She definitely has a very similar feel, even though you're saying, you know, I think a lot of people would recognize her from like Sons of Anarchy, and she is supposed to be very kind of trashy and villainous in that. In a lot of ways. But even then, she has this vibe that Candace Bergen brings to Kathy Morningside. Yeah,
2: where it's she's a very
0: alpha type a of vibe. station. Yeah.
3: The movie in question was Smart House in 1999. Smart House.
0: Yes. I was trying to think. I was like, that's not it. She's the voice of the house, but I can't remember. It's right, right. Brain House something <laughs> house. Yeah. I get it. Katie Segal. I totally see it. Nick. Who is your Kathy Morningside?
3: All right. I went for somebody that isn't an A-lister or even potentially B-lister. But I think when you see her face, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that lady, if you don't know her name. But Tanner might. Uh, More recent stuff. She's been in the Mamma Mia movies. She was at Mary Sunshine in the Chicago movie. I'm bringing you Christine Baranski. She was also in The Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. His love interest in that movie.
2: Oh, dang, that's good. It's on the nose in the right way.
3: Right, a true on the nose would have been like, oh, let me try to get Meryl Streep or something like that. But it's like, oh, yeah. no, no, let me let me give you like who actually looks like they were not that mm. she couldn't have been, but like can play that pompous kind of. Oh, I was a former. I should have been the former winner or whatever, and plots revenge. It's very believable that she would go to those links to get revenge kind of thing.
0: Yes, uh, it is so funny because did not recognize the name immediately, but yet yeah, you recognize her as soon as you see her, you know, like, you know, her voice, you know, the tone she's played and everything mm-hmm. like, you know who this woman is. And I totally get it. This is probably for you guys matching character types. This is probably the hardest one because both of these women are perfect for this role. Like they're definitely in the same casting room together, hundred percent. I love this. Okay, so I'm gonna go Christine I Can't even be mad about it. That was pretty good. A main reason that you might love, you might hate, maybe hate. (laughs) Christine Baronsky was in an episode of Psych, one of my my favorite episodes of Psych, (laughs) and she she plays this really wealthy like a lady, and I'm like that character just fits this. It's like. It just makes sense. It's always Scrubs or Psych. Scrubs or Psych. It's one of the two. Everyone in Psych is so good. I'm just going to have that as my pick for every episode. I found our,
3: our new strategy, Corey, is just always go look at the cameos or people that have been in those shows when it's time to cast for Tanner.
2: <laughs> Katie Segal was never in Psych. No, no she was not. Okay, fine. I mean, I honestly, as soon as he said Christine Bransky, is like, crap, that's 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 good.
0: Yeah, it's just the right move. Um. Okay. So let's move on to our top, top cast, Gracie Hart.
1: And for me, this experience has been one of the most rewarding and liberating experiences of my life. My God, I did it. And if anyone, anyone tries to hurt one of my new friends, I would take them out. I would make them suffer so much that they'd wish they were never born. And if they ran, I would hunt them down.
0: Originally played by Sandra Bullock. This is the classic stereotypical, like, rags to riches character. She's less what society would deem feminine than normal. Quote unquote normal. So she would be cool in sweatpants or jeans or whatever. Not really caring about doing a lot of makeup or hair stuff she's not really in it for that but she learns along the way that she can do both that she can kind of go against the feminine stereotype Mm -hmm. but also enjoy doing that every so often yeah you know and she finds that she thinks a lot of those people that are into that you know i guess that aesthetic like loving to make sure that you dress really well, like do all the makeup and stuff. She thinks they're all airheads, but learns that like they are cool people and like she shouldn't judge them as harshly. But essentially, she's the FBI agent that goes undercover and befriends all these women and saves them by the end, getting crowned Miss Congeniality. The movie does a good job of that. They don't go too hard, like, you know, like kind of the
2: grease fallacy where mm-hmm. it teaches uh maybe girls oh just become what the man expects of you rather than yeah. be yourself mm-hmm. you know at the end yeah where here they don't force her to be like i mean it is it's like sandra bullock's like getting in touch with her femininity to a degree but it's not like she goes oh yeah liking guns and uh in 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 karate and in is wrong, it's like, no, I still have that stuff, and I still love that stuff, and I teach it as my talent in the Miss United States show, but I'm no longer threatened by women, I guess, type of thing, like, or femininity. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, I think there's some good aspects to keep from the original, like, stuff like that, that they do really well, and don't, maybe not hit on it as hard as they could in 2000, but I think it's an interesting, like, way to do it. So, Nick, you made it. Give us your Gracie heart.
3: I did. All right. This is where I'm going to try to take it. So I'm just going to give you what will be seen as probably a very A-list choice. But I think, Mm -hmm. hey, you just put butts in seats and you just sell the movie. Get a reason for people to come watch. But I do think that she has the ability to kind of go on this journey. And also be able to do the comedic beats and stuff. And be believable in the role. Mm-hmm. She's in a movie this year. And it was kind of a big buzzworthy movie. Got some Oscar stuff. But I'm not worried about that. Because she's already won the Oscar twice. And it might be an eye rolling moment. But I am going to go with Jennifer Lawrence. As my pick. She's in Don't Look Up this year. Don't really care about it. She does great in it. And I think the movie's pretty decent but i think that it's not like the whole thing hinges on her per se totally but i think that she has the credentials and the the range of ability to kind of be likable as that every woman type of thing or as one of the boys type of thing because that's kind of also to a degree what people kind of get annoyed at her with i guess is that she's tries too hard to be relatable or something in real life mm-hmm. anyway all that to say i think i think she can pull it off i think she can make it believable and and be charismatic in the way that Sandy B was.
0: Um, For the audience who can't see us on camera, Corey not only rolled his eyes, but literally his entire head from (laughs) one shoulder to the other. I put my whole Uh, body into the eye roll. He rolled his entire body.
2: David O. Russell's not (laughs) directing this, Nick. All right. Tanner is.
3: Well, then you'll probably watch then, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I get it. I totally see what you're, what you're saying. Totally fits. I could get it.
3: Yeah.
0: It doesn't blow me away, but yeah, I get it. You know, this could be a David O. Russell movie.
2: Bradley Cooper's Eric Matthews. <laughs> Robert De Niro's Victor Melling. You know, Amy yeah. Adams' Kathy Morningside and J-Law's Gracie Hart. Dude, we got this.
3: But yeah, who does Christian Bale play?
2: Oh, um, now the, the he's not in this one. He's the chief. Yeah, he's the chief. <laughs> so we'll put him in a fat suit. He'll really get into it.
3: <laughs> He'll be insulted if you put him in a fat suit.
2: Oh, yeah, he's got to actually put on the weight. I got it. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, I have three choices here in which to fight the powerhouse that is J-Law. Hmm.
1: Hmm, hmm, hmm.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm taking Brie Larson out. I'm just taking her out. And so it's like, do I want to throw Tanner what I believe to be the right choice or do I want to get creative and let Tanner have some fun? mm hmm. You know what? I already got Polly Shore in this movie. Anna Kendrick, you're out of here. Nice. And I'm gonna bring you a more creative choice. I feel like mm-hmm. probably everyone's favorite badass from Black Panther, Letitia Wright. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm bringing. Who? Uh, who did she play in Black Panther? What's the the little sister's name? Shuri. Shuri. That's right. The tech person in Black Panther. Um, I know that honestly outside of Black Panther it looks like she really like sticks an indie route with a lot of film. She like really aside from Black Panther and like she does voices and sing too, um but aside from the Marvel stuff, um she just seems to like really like be interested in more um indie type of stuff. So I think um she did do Death on the Nile. But I think it'd be interesting to see her like get thrown into like because she was kind of the uh, the comedic part of Black Panther. Black Panther is a very serious tonal movie, mm-hmm. and she was kind of the one you know bouncing off of everybody. So, I, like when you watch that, I feel like I think she could thrive in a movie like this where she could hold those comedic chops um, yeah. and obviously play the badass. But she's obviously like drop dead gorgeous, so. You know, I mean, the flaw of Ms. Congeniality is even though they try to slob up Sandra Bullock, she's still yeah. like incredibly beautiful, and you're like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you, you're having to like suspend disbelief that all the FBI's guys look at her and go, Ugh. You're like, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I just want to throw a creative shot at you. Since J Law's on the board, I'll throw some creativity at it. We'll see what happens.
3: See, I would have gone Lupita if you're trying to one of the actresses from Black Panther. It's like, cause I, that's who I had on my list as at least like, mm-hmm. I just feel like she has more leading woman presence about her. And I feel like between the movies, I've seen her in like Black Panther, 12 years of slave and uh us. I feel like sh- she can, kind of i don't know what her comedic chops are that's the only thing
2: that's that was that's the that's the deciding factor for me though yeah. between those two because obviously i just don't see lupita, I, consider I, I just don't see latia
3: as as that but that's just my personal also, side
2: it's latisha just Leti- so I, don't, all... I
3: just don't see latisha oh, pulling Leticia. it off that's just my thought
2: i mean that I, I obviously thought of lupita when when i went to latisha you know and like my thing with lupita though is i mean she's a Brilliant actress, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. but I've never seen her be comedic or like I. I just she's gonna sell the badass side all day long. Yeah, and I think with this role, with me with Gracie, it's more about like can you just be convincing as a badass? But really, I need you to sell like the 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 comedic side of this because it's a light-hearted movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's 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 a comedy before anything. So that's why I kind of went with Letitia. I think. Her being that presence in the Black Panther movie, like that she was, everybody's playing off of her charm and her, uh, her her comedic chops. But you know, that's just me. That's why I chose to go this route than that route in terms of you know that. But I mean, I also had Brie Larson and Anna Kendrick on my list. But I just thought, hey, let Tanner just chew
0: on Letitia Wright and just see how that
2: see how that feels. Like let her let, let him let consider it.
0: Yeah. I like it. I think it's fun. I think there's definitely something to it. There's definitely more. Um, I don't know. I get what Nick is saying about Lupita. Yeah,
2: no, for sure.
0: But yeah, I think it's I think it's a very fun choice and I can totally see it. I am, however, gonna use my override. <sighs> OK, so. Hold on. Let me Google site canyon." <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. OK, so here's here's a big thing that like when we were watching this movie for everyone who's not a part of the Patreon, we watch some of the upcoming movies that we're going to do um, with us before in they our come discord. Out. So, yeah, before these episodes come out, we watch them with you guys. And we were watching with one of our patrons, Derek, and he made this really good point that I really liked and. With this movie in 2021, I think it's really interesting to talk about, you know, how we're talking about the feminine to the more, or the masculine woman to the more feminine woman. I think it'd be interesting to have a very strong woman in this role that is also non-binary. So I think, like, a non-binary actress would be really cool to see here. And I think that, like, can bring up a lot of conversations and I think that can really add something to this in essence of like society's views of what non-binary people should be trying to portray more feminine or masculine dependent on what they perceive. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing you Janelle Monet. We know Janelle from Hidden Figures, Moonlight. They just did Antebellum. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I think.
3: Yes.
0: But I think, like, you know, in Hidden Figures and Moonlight, we see that, you know, she obviously has the chops and, like, gets her hand on, like, the comedy ball here and there and, like, can really have fun with it. And I just think that would be a really strong role to give someone non binary to, like, I don't know, kind of express. And have like a moment with that. I just think that's really interesting. And could be really cool. So yeah I'm going to pull out Janelle Monáe. And put her as our Gracie Hart.
3: No that's that's definitely interesting. I, I think that was not someone I thought of. I also didn't know she was, she was non-binary. Yeah. Would, would that mean she's a they them pronoun wise?
0: So Janelle's pronouns. This is a quote from Janelle. Pronouns are free ass motherfucker as well as they, them, she, her.
3: Okay, got it, cool. Well, I think that she has, even throughout her career since she started, like when she started, uh, she had a very specific look. It's like It was like a tuxedo almost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't really using her femininity to sell her music and stuff, but she's always been right. a dancer. She's always been very physical in her performances. And then in movies and stuff, she's kind of... Shown a bit more femininity, I think, throughout, and then so she can she's shown the the ability for both sides of her person, right. if you will. So I think yeah. it's I think it's an interesting choice, and I do think that it's a good point that in twenty twenty one it would be something um, noteworthy to and to show on film. Yeah, my I think my questions would be: we haven't seen an action side of her. Um, me personally, I haven't seen. A comedic- I know she can. she's really good with one-liners and stuff like that, so I think it would just mm-hmm. be a very different Gracie Hart than what Sandra Bullock brought to us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Here's where, here's where I think you missed out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with Sandy B, mm-hmm. or even a J-Law, or even a Letitia Wright, I can see them in the first third of that movie with messy buns and sweatpants and things like that. There's no photograph of Janelle Monet not dressed as an Eleven. So it's 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 almost like the C three PO thing. I can't picture mm. her as not dressed for the red carpet at all times. Like, yeah, in my mind, Janelle Monet goes to Starbucks like just dressed incredibly, like just <laughs> as beautiful as humanly possible as a human can be to order yeah. her frappuccino. So it's just like I don't know, man. I can't see it. I can't, it's like it's it's the robot thing again. It's like I can't see her. I've never seen it. It's like, yeah. I have no context for Janelle Monet not just being like one of the most gorgeous people on the planet.
3: Not not make, creating a negative, but I just typed in Janelle Monet paparazzi thinking maybe they'll catch her on a bad day, just going to grab a coffee. She still looks yeah. like, she she looks perfect in everything. It's like the Neil Patrick oh, Harris yeah. Barney Stinson episode where like I, they realize that there's never been a bad picture of him and they keep trying to get him yeah, in bad exactly. situations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: She doesn't leave in her apartment unless she's incredible. <laughs> Which yes,
0: I I get that there's also, you know, if you look at photos from like I think it's homecoming. Yeah. Um from like 2018, okay. while obviously she still looks great. There's a more masculine sense to like the dress mm-hmm. and like the way she carries herself and like the way that Okay, this helps. Her. This doesn't. Okay. All right. All right. I can, I can, okay. If you take that into that setting of like the office staff, the other FBI agents. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I see it now. Yeah.
0: See them as like another one of the dudes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. No, that, that helped. That helped. You gave me a context
2: for it. Okay. I, I haven't seen this. So, all right. I mean, I loved her in Hidden Figures. That's the only movie I've seen with her in it. She did amazing in it. I, again, I'm a little with Nick. I don't know. I've never seen a really deep funny i just don't know i don't know if i if i can see janelle monet in like they say what do you want to see in the world she says harsher punishment for parole violators which was like the second best line of that whole movie right. oh, so hard but no i I'm, I'm okay with it i'm okay with it i like mine better but whatever <laughs> paulie shore's in the movie paulie shore is,
3: in, is the in the movie
2: and beanie feldstein and being, yes, I'm, not, oh, yes, I have not knocked anyone <laughs> off this list
0: since I said it in January, and it's two tonight. Okie dokie. That's our cast. We're going to start from the bottom, read it off. Here's the final cast list. For Chief McDonald, John C. McGinley. For Agent Klonsky, Bill Burns. For Miss Hawaii, Haley Steinfeld. For Leslie Miss California uh, Samara Weaving For Mary Jo Miss Texas Kiki Palmer For Karen Miss New York Joey King For Frank Tobin Paul Walter Hauser Stan Fields Holly Shore (laughs) Eric Matthews Henry Golding Cheryl Miss Rhode Island Beanie Feldstein Victor Melling, George Clooney, Kathy Morningside, Christine Baronski, and Gracie Hart, Janelle Monet. I think that cast fucking sells in 2021. It's pretty
2: garbage at the bottom,
0: but like <laughs> the top <laughs> half, we did really good. Rude. Yeah, I didn't do I didn't do great on the bottom. But that was on.
3: I th- I feel like you did excellent on the bottom, but. That's just me personally.
0: All right, that's it. Uh, Corey, I think it's your turn next, right?
2: Yes, it is my turn, and we are entering into my favorite season of the year, Halloween. So uh, this is my favorite time of year. So in, in in October, we generally placate my needs, and we we stick around horror and Halloween classics, and I'm I'm happy. We give we give Nick Christmas and. Tanner, every episode he has he brings <laughs> us things like miscongeniality and About Time. Yeah. And so.
3: <laughs> Tanner doesn't have a favorite holiday. Or do you, Tanner?
2: Flag Day. No, definitely not Flag Day. <laughs> Arbor Day? How do you feel about trees? How do you feel about celebrating love, trees?
0: Love Arbor Day.
2: So We are going to start off this year doing a movie we have we have put off and put off because it is Possibly the most quintessential Halloween film. If you, if you gave the world the top five, it's probably going to land in like 90% mm-hmm. of people's at least top five Halloween films. We're going to be doing the classic Hocus Pocus. And I'm going to set it in a year I really fear. Okay. <laughs> the greatest year in cinema. Uh, 1985. Oh my God. We will be doing my favorite year of cinema with my one of my favorite Halloween films, The Quintessential Hocus Pocus, in 1985. Tread carefully, uh, 93 to 85, yeah, it'd be about eight years. So, that was Miss Congeniality, as cast in 2021, I think we did alright. I picked a lot of good things, Nick picked some good things, Tanner picked some good things. I think all around this was a successful episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't get we don't get a lot of those. Again though, uh if you're not following us on social media, we're there. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're definitely all on Instagram, and so um please come engage with us. Tell us your picks, tell us what you like, tell us who you would have cast in this thing. And then by all means, if you wanna uh, help support us, uh you can do that at, at buymeacoffee.com dot com or patreon.com slash quantum recast. Um but other than that, we'll see you as it the uh, season gets spookier as we do hocus pocus in. 1985.
3: Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick.